Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think of the prestige. No. Think of the respect. No, no, no. Think of the Tony. Hello, all you theater lovers, both out and proud and on the DL, and welcome back to Broadway Breakdown, a podcast discussing the history and legacy of American theater's most exclusive address, Broadway. Uh, Normally we do the big move, but we are currently doing our Tony series, because guess what, y'all? It's pudding season. It's time for some pudding. And... Like John Oscavage and I said four years ago, it's time to compare apples and bacon. So let us bring on Gunkle of the Pod, Adam Ellsbury, to discuss some more possible Tony nominations. Because also your host, your boy, the uh, least famous and most opinionated host, Matt Koplick, has seen some more shows since the last episode. So we should talk about it. <laughs> Hello. You're way more ahead than I am. You've seen far more than I have this season. I've seen a lot this season. The only thing I haven't seen that I officially missed was the collaboration. Oh, which, I, and I, which I did see. Yeah. Would would you say that's an option for set design? I heard a lot about the screens in that. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say no, but I also, it, it, it wasn't like there was a whole lot about it. There was, um, it was a unit set that was, um, that was his, in act one, it was like a sort of gallery situation or the first part of act one, it was like a gallery situation. And then there were walls that sort of folded open to create Warhol's studio. And you just sort of sat there for the rest of the the show. And they did use projection. There were, there were screens on either side of the, um, the stage where they, at intermission, did sort of like a fake reel, like the, the two actors had filmed like their collaboration process of like painting. They like painted it on, onto the camera essentially. Sure. Um, but no, I mean, it was, it was a nice looking set. So we talked about this last week with the theater lovers. First of all, Adam, how are you today? I'm, I'm, I'm feeling the award season. Yeah, it's begun. I'm it, good, yeah. but I'm feeling it for, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's not like you can't search on my social media and see what I do, but I, I, but I do work for a, for a Broadway uh, press agency. So there's some stuff that I will remain mum on for this podcast, but honestly, we don't have anything that's, that I know is going to be a contender. That's that, that I would have anything really ill to say about. I've, I've been pretty happy with what we've gotten to represent this year. Yeah. And the stuff that you guys are representing are like, big players not things yeah, yeah. Like, sort of like a shot in hell Correct. but 
Yeah. But this is where we get to have some fun. Uh, mm-hmm. What have you seen recently, Adam, that uh, is con- a contender this season? Let, let let me pull up my Instagram. Well, the most recent thing I saw, I saw Shucked this past Friday. Uh-huh. And I'll be going back again, actually, for tomorrow opening. Nice. Yeah. I should probably have my review ready for opening. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, Shucked, uh, Sweeney, I saw uh, back at the beginning of last month. Mm-hmm. And then prior to that back in December was collaboration, but I, but I can, I can tell you what I've seen this season I've, of, yeah, of Broadway let's, stuff. Let's compare our Broadway stuff that we've seen this season. Shall you we? You are so far ahead of me, but yes. Okay. I saw uh, Into the Woods, mm-hmm. Kimberly Akimbo, uh, and Juliet. I almost said Phantom of the Opera, but that's not eligible this year, is it? I mean, best revival in three years. Right. Oh my God. I hope that version doesn't come in. Um, Some like it hot collaboration, Sweeney Todd Shucked. Those are the ones that those are the Broadway shows that I've seen so far this season. I know I've got a lot of catching up to do. Grand. So here's what I've seen. And we'll we'll just stick to Broadway because off Broadway, she ain't eligible this season. New. New. Uh, Musicals. We've seen Kimberly Akimbo, Some Like It Hot, Shucked and Juliet, Bad Cinderella, Almost Famous, K-pop, A Beautiful Noise, Sweeney Todd, Parade, Into the Woods, 1776, Dancing, The Kite Runner, A Christmas Carol, Fat Ham, Ohio State Murders, Ain't No Mo, Pictures from Home, Leopoldstadt, Top Dog Underdog, Life of Pi. We just saw Life of Pi, and we uh, last week saw Shucked and Sweeney Todd as well. And I f- piano lesson, and I think that's it. I'm this has been a packed season. Yeah, I, it's, it's a lot. And there's I, still how how many things still have to open before the season completes? It's like twelve. Well, so first of all, I am seeing A Doll's House a few days after this episode comes out, and then I'm okay. seeing Thanksgiving play a few day a few days after that. Mm-hmm. I am not seeing Camelot until I believe the day of the nominations are announced, or maybe like the day after. Tuesday the second, I think, is the nomination day. Okay, then yeah, I believe I am seeing Camelot. Yeah, I'm seeing Camelot on the second, so the the day of the nominations. That's a that could that's be potentially a- fun. Yeah. Well, so yeah, we can get into that in a second because I've, I've heard some things and I'm sure you've heard some things and I just spoke to someone today about it as well. Uh, the only, so what has to still open first of all, Prima Facci still has to actually start previews and then open summer of 1976 starts previews tomorrow. I believe that's, that's Laura Linney, Jessica Hecht. Right. Shucked opens we're, we are recording this on Monday, April 3rd. Shucked opens tomorrow. Uh, Camelot has to open. <clears throat> and I think, I think that's it. No, Fat Ham has to open. And that'll be it. That, sh- that should be it. But yeah. Oh, no, sorry. And Thanksgiving play. Thanksgiving play has to open. So yeah, we still have a few. It's not quite the insanity of last season's April where it was literally a show a day. This is. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah and, and and things kept getting pushed back too because of because shows more and more shows still weren't covered didn't have COVID coverage so it was a yeah. lot of it was a lot of people having to move their dates around. I think a lot of people learned from last season because the, yeah. the mentality used to be 
well, if your show's a hard sell, you want to open towards the end of the season, get good reviews, get the Tony nominations and like one, two, bam. And that's proving less and less the case. I mean, you yeah. still have the shows that do open at the end of the season and do well, but you know, every time someone goes, oh, no show ever opens in the summer and does well. And I go, okay, Hamilton, Moulin Rouge, Hairspray. Hairspray, yeah. Hairspray really bucked that trend. And right. And because well, Hamilton had word of mouth and stuff. Like, I mean, Hairspray had an out of town, but it didn't have like the in town word of mouth that Hamilton had. I remember with hair, I mean, <laughs> this is us off topic, but Hairspray, I remember what did it was Variety reviewed the Seattle run and basically mm. said if they can shave off 15 minutes, they've got a classic here. And everyone was like, oh, like it wasn't even anything needed to be overhauled, anyone needed to be recast. They were literally like, just cut out 10 to 15 minutes and you're golden. And so it made everyone very interested. And I think Good Morning Baltimore had the demo of that had made the rounds in New York. So everyone was oh, yeah. intrigued. There was and, that like three track demo CD that everybody yeah. had. And then it was it was one of those truly word of mouth overnight things because I think you went, no, someone you know went to the dress rehearsal of Hairspray in New York. Yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yes. And said that it was like every number brought down the entire theater you know it wasn't performative in a way that everyone genu- genuinely was like i can't believe i'm watching something where every song is a fucking banger yeah and, no it, it blew the roof off the joint yeah and it, overnight that thing just became the thing but yeah that was yeah. unlike a chorus line or hamilton it did not transfer to broadway with so much buzz that it was already pre-sold because even the movie itself while that's the most popular john waters movie it's not like an industry onto itself. John Waters is not a household right. name that sells $30 million, $30 million worth of tickets, but right. we digress. Um, how do we want to get into this, Adam? Do we want to cover a category? Do we want to cover a show and talk about where we think it made lie? I mean, you just saw shocked if we kind of want to, and I just saw shocked if we want to talk about that show. Sure. sure. I mean, or, I mean, or do you want to do, um, we can do category and and discuss shows within each category. I don't know. Let's start. So let's start with Shucked. I also want to, I think, yeah, I think we should start with Shucked and then let's do Sweeney. And then okay. we can start going category to category from there. Because there's some stuff we can probably breeze through pretty quick. A lot of place shit I can breeze through. Yeah. Uh, there are. You're going to be the, have to be the one that does it because. Here we are. Here you're we are. alone. Here we are. <laughs> Honestly. Not for lack leading, of want. Leading actor in a play is going to be a fascinating category to me because it is there are so many stellar options and there are people who are going to just be you know six months ago i would have told you they could have been a front runner and now i'm convinced they could get shut out and last year we had seven nominees but that was such a freak of nature that does oh, yeah yeah because it's supposed to be six if there are close enough votes in the tallying mm-hmm. system at the for the, like the last two nominees and that must have just been a case where, like, there were three that were, you know, one or two votes among them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, let's let's start with Shucked and, and, right. then, and then we'll do category. So, Shucked, what do you think is that show's uh, best chances at nominations? I mean, I feel like it's... I feel like it's 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 set up to be pretty stacked in nominations. Maybe I think the only category that it categories that it might have trouble in would be the acting categories, just in terms of where to put people, because sure. it's such an ensemble show. Yeah. Um, like even the lead, the what I would call the leads aren't still feel more like they're part of 
an ensemble as opposed to like really leading the show. And I don't mean that in a shady way. It's like, it's, it's, it speaks to their, it speaks to how well everyone works together in that show. I did not see Caroline. I saw Audrey in the role of what's her face. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And she was very good. And I'm sure Caroline is wonderful. Yeah. She was really good. Yeah. But yeah, it's not really that, that is probably going to be the only role that'll be considered lead. If I'm, yeah, that's true. On the uh, off chance the Tonys are like, no, Andrew Durand, he's he's leading male. I'm like, okay, no, good for him. But yeah. I think that if they really do want to get him nominated, they would put him in featured. And that's not that he is a surefire thing with that. Just I think because there is so much competition in featured actor, it yeah. really can go for anyone. Yeah. Uh, I, I no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go go ahead. I was, I was just gonna say. Caroline, while she is probably going to be the only thing considered lead, I don't see her getting nominated. I just don't think it's that kind of a role. It's, I, I don't disagree. And I think that's, I think it's more just because of how stacked that category is going to be from <laughs> much more like front and center spotlight roles. Yeah. This season. We, yeah. We will talk about leading actress in a musical in a second. Yeah. Honey, yeah. because one of us might have put up his predictions again on Instagram and people had opinions. Oh. People had opinions. <laughs> and I want to address some of them. So Okay, great. We'll I can't them. wait to hear. Yeah. Um, oh, but so for for um awards that I think it's it's guaranteed, um, musical for sure. Mm-hmm. Score for sure. Yep. Score for sure. Um, it'll get book nomination. Totally. I, um I, I think, think yeah, those are three things that, you know, you can't even put money down because it's just such easy money that no one will take your bet. Yeah, I um, I and I would say I would say that, that it's a pretty strong chance that Jack O'Brien would get nominated for direction. Interesting. OK, we'll get into that. I think mostly just because of how the evening moves. I think that he's always good at putting together a show, Hairspray included, that really sort of, you know, moves well. And I think that he's done a nice job with this material because so much of it is throwing jokes at the wall and hoping they'll stick for two and a half hours. Oh, yeah. Oh, he doesn't do a bad job with Chuck. No. It's just, so, yeah. There's bigger contenders, I know. I mean, yeah, he, it's, he it's, end it's, up getting shut out just because there's so much else going on. We talk about um, bringing a knife to a gunfight. Director of a musical is like, for real. Who the fuck? Um, and well, and, and I should just say there are people who are major contenders in that category who I don't necessarily think are doing the exceptional work that has been touted in some of the reviews. Yeah. But no one's asked me, but I will say it right now. Um, I did text with Adam the other day, and this is just my opinion, not Adam's. But I said the New York Times out here giving out critics' picks like it's candy. Uh, it's just like the number of shows they gave critics' picks to, where I'm like, I saw and went, she was fine. She was not exceptional. She was fine. But we will get into some of that in a second. Yeah, there's been a lot of picks this season, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, some off-Broadway picks, too, where I'm like, okay, Jan. But the- <laughs> um, but other, oh, but other um, other lock nominations for it? Um, eh, I could see Derek McLean getting set nomination. The Barn's pretty cool. Yeah, um, and there aren't a lot of majorly designed shows this season, you know? No, no. It, although his set design, I knew it was Derek McLean. No, it's not Derek McLean. It's Scott Pask, because... I'm pretty sure because Scott Pask did the visit, did he not? Yeah. But I got major the visit vibes from it. How do I'm, we not know this? I'm almost positive it's Scott Pask. Oh, Who needs a playbill when you've got IBDB? Right. Uh, it's Scott Pask. It is okay. Scott motherfucking Pask. Okay. You win. I I wasn't about winning, bitch. I know. I'm not. I'm not. I I wasn't. I was being facetious. I know. Um, 
You facetious? I've never. I was just, I don't know why I was. Okay. It doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, I, I think Scott Pass could get nominated um, for his set. Yeah. Orchestrations and, sound. Yeah. I think, so. oh, sound was great. The So I saw a Wednesday matinee where the sound was a little in and out, but I chalked that up to just a bad day. I think I think they may if whatever it was it it was figured out by Friday that sound was crystal clear it was really really good yeah there are a couple of musicals this season where I'm like oh the sound design on this is great I used to not notice it as much but recently there have been so many shows where the sound has been crap Mm -hmm. that when you that when you get a really good sound in a show you're like oh oh do you mean tinny Todd it's a little tinny it's a little tinny. That's going to be my the title of my review for Sweeney Todd. Tinny Todd. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big orchestra, though. We'd love and to see it. But you can't tell because it sounds like it's playing from the other room. Yeah, I, unless, you're, unless you're sitting in like the first six or seven rows. Yeah, I was in row M of the orchestra. I was, I mean, I could not have been more center of the L'Enfantin. Were you and under the overhang, though? I was right in front of it. Mm. Right in front of it. I was like, yeah. Um but it it just did not, I could hear the orchestra. I could, but it honestly more sounded like they really wanted us to hear all the lyrics, which I get, but sure. also I want to be swimming in that music. I wanted to fucking, you know, cover my entire body. Yeah. And it felt like it was kind of bouncing off the walls a little bit. And whereas the lyrics were like right in my face, but we'll get to Sweeney in a second. So shock, mm-hmm. musical book score, 1000%. Uh, orchestrations most likely sound probably alex newell this is this of course depends on their decision their choice of yeah where they want to place them yes because i know jay harrison gee was consulted by the committee of where they would like to be put and they said they chose best actor yeah and then what's her face from and juliet may said keep me out of it and we respect that decision I don't know Newell very well. I've met Newell once at a party. Very nice to me anyway. And I, from the 45 seconds of nicest I had with Alex Newell, I feel confident in saying that they're going to want to be considered. So they're yes. not going to, they're not going to pull a May. They're going to say, no, get, get my ass in there. And so the, it's going to be May. Yeah, It's going to be May. Whatever category Newell chooses, I do think they will be in. Yes. I cannot guarantee a win yet. Uh, I do not desire to do that, but that is that is later. That is in May. But I think whatever category they choose to be in, they will get nominated. Yeah, I mean that that one number in Act One alone that they're giving is it's pretty damn exciting. See, okay, yes, uh, totally agree. I so here's my thing about Shucked, and I'll talk about this in my review which I have to write in the next 48 hours. But I enjoyed Shucked a lot. I think I, I even texted you afterwards, like, it's fine. It's it's, it's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went in really hopeful because some of the early reports, you know, it, I'm getting very some like, uh, sorry, uh, very something rotten deja vu with Shucked in this terms of oh, like- yeah, you said that to me, yeah. yeah. Brand new musical, early preview reports were like, holy shit, this thing is going to topple the Tesori musical. This is the next big thing. It's the next Mormon and it's not really the next Mormon because unlike Mormon, the plot doesn't really matter in Shucked. It's sort of incidental. And yeah. because of that, and then, and that's fine. Like they don't want the plot to matter, but if the plot mattered, I think it would 
take Shucked up to the next level. Because as it stands, it's mostly just a platform for one-liners. And a third of them are pretty fantastic. The other two thirds are either your cup of tea or they're not. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, to your point, the and you just mentioned this a minute ago, like I have to say my experience at the show was affected not by the anybody in the show, but by the people sitting around me who all felt like they had to prove that they got every joke that was being said. But in doing so, they missed some of the funniest lines because they were overreacting to things that were okay. Yeah. People... <sighs> is this this is like a post i i hate i hate when everybody's ex- making excuses for post pandemic but like this really it feels very different lately yeah in the theater after and, and having returned and yeah. people are just it's the wild west it, so yes it's audiences for a while now very much have been like i paid all this money i am going to make sure that this was worth it and yeah. Now it's that plus we didn't have Broadway for a year and a half. Now every show has to be exceptional because we have to support Broadway. Right. And I'm like, first, this is a, we, we actually do have a pretty good and diverse season. Yeah. And I'm also like, can we not say that everything's amazing? Cause truly not everything is, but I mean like the audience response at fucking bad Cinderella, you would have thought that it was Oklahoma in 1943, but only at the curtain call. They were trying real hard to enjoy it, but so many of those numbers got the most tepid applause. And I've heard in years, honestly, since actually no, not years, since Diana. Uh I'd rather I should say since the preview performance of Diana that I saw. I was where, gonna say, by the time I saw Diana, that audience was ape shit. Well, okay, so 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 this kind of all ties into it. When I saw Diana. I saw it twice live because why wouldn't I? And at the preview performance I saw, it was mostly bridge and tunnel crowd and a few gays. We gays were there, tipsy or drunk, so ready to enjoy ourselves, knowing what we were about to see. Because everyone knew the Netflix stuff. The bridge and tunnel crowd came in being like, fuck the critics, fuck the internet, those elitist assholes. It's Broadway. We're here. We're here to be supportive. Woohoo. Let's go. Uh-huh. And they woohooed for like the first two numbers. And then as each number continued, they got quieter and quieter. The gays oh, no. got louder, but the but the bridge and tunnel crowd got quieter. And then when the <laughs> ended, they were like, they were on their feet. Oh my God, best thing I've ever seen. And I'm like, I guarantee you, you're going to go home. And then at work tomorrow, you're going to go, it was pretty good. Not that it was the best thing you ever saw, but pretty good. But the cast wouldn't know it because you were cheering like they were, you know, share coming home at last. And yeah. I'm sort of sitting here going, you're not doing anyone any favors by treating the show you just saw as a masterpiece when you really don't actually think it was. If you want to treat the actors with respect, first of all, turn your fucking phone off. Don't talk during the show. If you must eat during the show, do it as quickly as possible as the woman at Sweeney Todd Adam, who made a three act play out of opening her bag of chips. Oh, Maybe she was the same woman that sat behind me at Shucked because during the ballot at the top of Act Two was when she chose to open her plastic bag of whatever the hell she was eating. And then it was like full on, you know, ASMR pickle woman. Uh huh. It was like that level of chewing behind me. What a twat. So, on that the note, worst. let's actually get into So, Shucked was great. 
Uh, <laughs> the Alex Newell thing. So I oh, want to yeah. say this because I may or may not have gone viral about a year ago from an Instagram post about, uh, is it a good song or are they just singing high? And the truth is that I don't think that Alex's song is particularly great. I think that Alex has one of the livelier songs of the show. It's got a fun, it's got a fun hook. It's got a fun hook. She cute. And Alex sings the absolute bejesus out of it. And it's really the first song since the opening number that has that same energy of like, we're here to see Shucked. Yeah. And so there is a bit of that, that we haven't had a song like that until that moment. But I also don't want to undermine Alex's performance, which I think is really strong overall, because it's not just that one song. Like, you would think we were watching Melba Moore doing I Got Love for the first time, the way that audiences respond to it. Although the day I saw it, there were two little Twinkie college boys in the front row who jumped up before the song was over, looked around trying to get people to applaud with them standing and no one in the orchestra did. A few people in the mezzanine did. And then on a certain message board site that will remain nameless, someone claiming to be at my performance said, the audience leapt to its feet at the end of Alex's number. And I was like, I was in that audience of 1,300 people and 40 people leapt to their feet, which is fine. I'm just saying, why are you lying? Anywho, <laughs> we move on. Tinny Todd, as we're now going to start calling it. Tinny Todd. Um, let's see. Oh, revival. what's it getting? What's it getting nominated for? Yeah, yeah revival for revival. Um, I think Robin will get nominated just he, he will. because it's because of the role. Anna Lee will get a nomination because of the role. Um, I could see potentially. I mean, he's good, but I also maybe for slight like minor celebrity factor, give Gaten a nomination depending on what that category is like. Yeah, before I saw the show, I had him as a definite nomination. Same thing with Ruthie, just based off of previous mm-hmm. reports mm-hmm. that like they made such huge impressions. And they still could. I think Gaten has a much better shot than Ruthie does, if only because, at the very least, at, you know, we have a historical record of someone getting a Tony nomination for Tobias. So far, no one who's played the Becker woman has gotten nominated. Yeah. Which is... Insane to me that Merle Louise was not nominated, but here we are. Tom Kale is going to get nominated. Fine. As as I said on my Instagram, it's big, it's Sondheim, it's Sweeney. That is the Broadway equivalent of, I don't have to apply to your college. My grandfather paid for the entire campus. Right. <laughs> right, because we're still in, we're still in post-memoriam. Yes. Sondheim and he, appreciation. And, and he does a perfectly fine job of directing traffic. They, you know. Yeah. It's a big production. It's very respectful. I, I'm trying to hold back because I have a review to write. They don't do really anything particularly new outside of the choreo, which is not even that exciting, in my opinion. Uh, it's fine. Um, you know, one my I, I'll say uh, one of my biggest question marks on the show is why they opted for the entire ensemble to be dressed as middle class. Yeah. I I mean I because I don't need the entire cast to be like in that original role who has like rolled in dirt from head to toe sure. but like it just it didn't feel especially once when you get to like little priest and you're like oh they're serving anyone so you should get, be getting a variety of customer types and you're only just seeing these middle class people throughout this entire show um there's also nobody... like, those above will serve those down below and right. when everyone's middle class we're not going you know the high society is feeding the poor that's right well and 
Everyone's and, right. And, and also just the, um, what was I, what am I, what am I trying to say? The, I don't know. I just, I, I would have liked more variety in the costumes. It, it, it I felt like it kind of took, it sort of took away from the creepy factor for me too. Like I felt, it felt sort of clean and nice and there was nothing creepy about this production but again i'll get into it in my in my review this was the least Harry sweeney i've ever seen count agreed count count me in on the the people who've been doing whistlegate online i really wish that the whistle was there because in a space that big you yeah. need to scare the crap out of people and and unless you've got you know it's not cats you don't have people running around with flashlights pointing them in people's faces you've got to scare them audibly it doesn't feel like this production wants to scare people, though. Which is a shame, because yeah, it's a musical thriller. Literally a musical thriller. This Okay, so this is what like is kind of confusing and frustrating to me. Because I think, just objectively, we are predicting here. We're not going off of my own personal taste or what I thought right. of the show. But just how this show is going to do nominations-wise. And objectively, I can see it getting, like, minimum 10. Maybe, you know, if I'm being really harsh, minimum. Like, that many? Well, first of all, there aren't that many big shows on either side of the coin, musicals or plays that have like these big designs. So even though, I think, even though I find the set very basic and I, people are like, no, it's simple and but effective. I'm like, it's a bridge. It's a bridge done at a diagonal. Whoopty fucking do. And I love Mimi. Her her designs in the past have been extraordinary, and I don't need the most elaborate Sweeney, but I need surprise. I need movement, and that set for me was a little lumbering, uh, especially the fucking hook thing that twirls around. The it it reminded me of um oh we're never bringing the chair in no, no uh, that too, but it's like that little tower thing on the side. It reminded me of the, oh yeah like yeah yeah Alex on on Doctor Who. Is that what they're called? Oh yes, yeah, yeah Dal- Dalek. Yeah, it also looks like um, like the radio tower from The Simpsons. Yeah, it's the, the, the set just does not do it for me. The costumes, you know, period appropriate, fine. But as you said, no variety. There was no variety in social class. The lighting, I thought, was the most effective. It had a creepy element to it that the production I agree. did not have. I, I would I would give Natasha Katz a, a lighting design nom. Yeah. I think they're going to get nominated for all three just because, like... Because it's so big. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and but it's not, I mean, I think that the design of Parade is actually far more effective than the design of Sweeney Todd. I mean, mm. I, and we'll get it to personal picks in a second, but like Parade for me is truly the revival right now of the season in the sense of like Sweeney Todd is the objectively better musical. Mm-hmm. It's a news. Newsflash, y'all, it's Sweeney Todd. She good. And I find Parade <laughs> to be kind of... <laughs> Parade to be, I find to be a little frustrating because there are so many things about it that are phenomenal. And then, like, I'll, oh, I, every time I see the show, I walk away dry eyed. I never cry because I just don't find it overall moving. It's, it's hard to sit through. It's very heart wrenching. It's, it's, you know, engaging, but I don't walk away like wiped out. This revival probably does the best job of any production I've seen so far, minus the Mary Fagan swing, but. The like the design is gorgeous. It, I think Arden does a really good job staging it and adding dramatic stakes to it. And Sweeney, I'm like you d- to quote Big Red from Bring It On. This year should have been cake, Tommy Kale. I picked an idiot proof routine, handpicked the squad, uh, platter nationals. Hello, and it's like you've got a 26 <laughs> piece orchestra, Sweeney Todd, and a great cast. Why am I not 
on the edge of my seat. Why am I just sort yeah. of sitting there going, okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. Yeah, it's a Sweeney Todd that you can bring grandma to, which is ironic because my grandma walked out of the original Sweeney Todd. Um, but yes, Annalie and Josh will absolutely get nominated. Those are roles that just always get nominated. Uh, yeah. As my... far as the rest of the cast, I don't know that anybody else in the cast will necessarily get nominated. I think Gaten and Ruthie have shots at it again. Shots. And also because those categories featured actor and actress have so many potential nominees that it really so many up in the air. Yeah, it's uh, nuts. Yeah, Tom will get nominated. The design will get nominated. If they get nominated for sound, I call fucking shenanigans. <laughs> God damn shenanigans. They also should get a uh, a negative Tony nomination for dialect coach, which I also oh, feel a little bit of with parade just with one performer in in particular but sweeney i'm just like oh so it truly is my, a my my friend uh well i should say friend of the pod dom hanlon who you haven't met yet my my british friend he's he works in book in, in theater publishing in london he's a friend of the pod friend of the pod dom hanlon hey dom. hey dom um he'll be out here next week but anyway he uh he was listening to a an audio of Sweeney uh, a live audio of Sweeney and his opinions of he's, he he gets so angry at Americans doing British accents but the the Annalee one in particular he's like just so massively offended by and I'm like did you see kinky boots yeah it's the what same were you expecting accent. yeah same bad accent i so i will say as a as a uh, sneak peek of my review with Annalie. I have not made it a secret that I was, was not thrilled about her casting in that revival when they announced it. And then if anyone listened to the Doubt episode with myself and Alessandra Gordon, I'm trying to be a little more respectful and Allie is just full on being like, let's not talk about it because I'm going to get angry. And I will say, without going too far into it, did not hate her but she didn't give the exact performance i expected her to give that yes and i but i also went in hopeful because i had heard from a lot of people oh career best performance you've never seen her like this before and then i went with my friend who's a tony voter and does listen to this podcast won't say his name but hello and he went in being like, I don't think she can, he, he said to me point blank, I don't think Annalie can do wrong. Like every time I see her, I think she's extraordinary. And I'm like, okay, we're going to have interesting opinions on this show. <laughs> we walked out, he was pretty team Groban, even though he hmm. did, he he admitted that Groban wasn't scary, but he thought that Groban was extraordinary. And he said that Annalie was good, but he was a little underwhelmed. And I was so surprised because I Groban sings the score super well. And yeah. does, he sings a great epiphany. I would not say he performs a great epiphany, but he sings it well. And I actually was into him for the first like 20-ish minutes when Sweeney comes home. Because that is when Sweeney is sort of a shell of a man, not sure what it is that he's coming home to. And I thought that Groban, if not necessarily nailed the assignment, was in the ballpark of the assignment. It's when Sweeney snapped <laughs> and has to go insane and like a demon on a mission where I went, he's not a demon. He's just pissed off. Right. He's, he's inconvenienced. Yes. He's, he's angry, not crazy, but right. Anyway, we digress. So that's our Sweeney. Uh, Watch them get a choreography nomination. I will fucking laugh my ass off. (laughs) City on fire, Adam during city on fire, when the ensemble was doing the quote unquote movement, 
I just wanted to shout, cool, crazy, go, cool, crazy, go. It does have a little bit of a West Side vibe, doesn't it? But I will say it was, it was, it was a moment where it felt really kinetic. And I was like, oh, I wish that the show up until now had felt a little more kinetic like this. Sure. There were also a bit of strobe lights effect on that. Or no, that might have been right before when they... It right was the lead in. It yeah, was, it, it, it's the weird part going into Fog's Asylum. Where yeah, they, they were like, doing the ballad and they just started doing... A where they're stuff. trying to make you have a seizure. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, now we want to throw the audience off, Tommy Kale. But Two again, hours and 30 minutes in, you decide. With no whistle. Where's with no whistle. I truly, truly, truly. And I have no qualms against him. I have waited on this man many times at my old restaurant job. And he is so lovely. He's always been so polite to me. Yeah. And I think his work on Hamilton is lovely. But I think that Thomas Kale should absolutely not win the Tony for absolutely butchering the Beatles' death. The way that death oh, happened. Oh, yeah. It happened so perfect. fast and then it was over and there was nothing scary about it. No, because he also, it doesn't fully die. The way the way that they do the shoot is stupid. And and the way, <laughs> and, and the guy who plays the Beatle is so great. I'm forgetting his name. Oh, yeah, uh, he's very good. John Rappin, Josh Rappin, something like that. But um, yeah, there's the way that they do it because he's like not fully dead. He comes out and he's kind of like jittery and it's four seconds long and they don't even spotlight it and there's no whistle. It's not a jump scare. No one jumped or gasped I, I there were zero gasps in this sweeney the night i saw it and even when they do the big back oh. no one gasped there was there was a gasp the night that i saw it and and uh we laughed really hard which was too bad because it was not a funny moment at all um literally end of the show oh no had him and prick him and mark him with a b and put him in the oven for baby and me Gaten slices Josh's throat. Spoiler alert to anybody. If that's a spoiler alert to you, get the fuck off my podcast. Yeah, it's it's too late. Um, but sliced his throat, and the woman next to me went, <gasps> and I'm like, really? What the fuck did you think you were seeing? Also, how many other people have already died in this show prior to this happening? There are literally six dead bodies on stage, bitch. <laughs> and you, this is you thought and they were going to kill Grobin. Right, the guy that who's been murdering everyone through this entire show, you think that there isn't going to be, like, a redemption to get rid of him, too? In a show where the literal poster, the artwork, is nothing <laughs> but blood everywhere. <laughs> I, will, I will say, there was also reports of, oh, there's no blood. I'm like, the night I saw it, there was blood. It wasn't extraordinary amounts of blood, but I've never seen a production of Sweeney where it was extraordinary amounts of blood. There, I've seen, I've seen some that have had way more than this one, but there, there was, I, I saw blood the night that we, that I, I didn't like, wasn't. I didn't like that they did Pirelli's death in silhouette. I thought that was a fucking was, cop out. I was also bummed. I know it's like a piece of stage business that's like, doesn't have to be part of the script, but I was also bummed that we didn't do Pirelli's hand trapped in the trunk. I know. Well, that's, and that's the one. It adds tension to that scene. It's tension for sure. It's absolute tension. I, I know this was the least tense Sweeney I've ever seen. I'm also just, I'm bitter because I'm seeing certain people I know who have been so nitpicky about so many shows in the last mm-hmm. like two years. Just call this production exceptional and wonderful. And I'm like, this show fails on a multiple amount of levels. Like, does it some things quite well? Does other things perfectly pleasantly and i also don't want to make it seem like i hated this production i didn't this show is this production is fine but the fact that it's just fine kind of pisses me off especially because the barrow street production i thought was so fantastic Mm -hmm. Uh, anyway 
moving on. Let's get into next. some more categories. Wait, are we doing next show? Or are we doing another category? Well, the only for... other show I can really talk about. Oh, I can I can talk about two shows. I I hinted at Bad Cinderella in the last episode. I since have also seen Fat Ham, and I've now seen Life of Pi. Both will get nominated for play. Both, I think, will probably get nominated for lead actor. I don't think Life of Pi should get nominated for play. I think it's trying to be Warhorse-esque, but it's not. Like, Warhorse was a pretty okay script given an exceptional production. This is, in my opinion, a bad script given a pretty okay production. Mm-hmm. The, the puppets are cute. They're not the most inventive, but every now and then they work quite nicely. The lighting design is beautiful. The sound design and the score are lovely. Uh, the way they use the set is pretty cool, especially if we're including projections, which we do now. So, you know, here we are. And the lead actor was was good. There was some acting in that cast, though, that was pretty piss poor. And speaking of accents, different accents abound. Different accents right. abound. Some were All American, right. some were Indian, some were, you know, whatever. It, I was just like... I was, Dialects coach, anyone, anyone, please, for a dollar. Uh, have you seen Fat Ham at all? Do you have any intention no, to? No, I, I would like to very much, but I haven't seen it yet. I will say, for anyone who's on the fence about it, it's, it's way more fun than you think it's going to be. And I, I've heard it's great. It's really good. It's, I was a little confused by the ending. I think I understand it better now, but okay. I, I still don't know if I love it, but endings are hard to land sometimes with plays as we all know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it is a really strong ensemble. It's very funny. You don't have to know Hamlet to enjoy it, but if you do know Hamlet decently, even just decently, it's you'll like it. And I there are a couple of acting nominations I think it could get. I think uh, lead actor for sure. I think featured actor for the actor who plays the uncle and the dad. I'm forgetting his name, but oh boy, was I thirsting for him. I think he could absolutely <laughs> get in. And I think the actress who plays the mom is so great and she could get in. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, let's find, let's pick a category, new category to talk about. A new category? I or, thought we were just doing category. show by show. We, we were doing show by show, but now we're just going to do categories. All right, great. So, well, then let's, then should we start from, I don't want to say the bottom. What's, what's a good place to start? Should we go into start with like technical stuff that we can yeah, like fly through? That. Yeah. Okay, great. I don't have a lot of opinion on this. You've seen more than I have in terms of like, do you want, you've, you've already, we've already mentioned a couple sound design things, not Sweeney Todd for you. Um, I think if we're talking sound design of a musical, Parade, Kimberly, Shucked, from what I hear. Some Like It Hot? Some Like It Hot, maybe. And I hear Camelot. Uh, I think those Mm. would probably be the five. Okay. That makes, yeah, that makes sense. Unless on some random occasion they decide K-pop because of like the stadium sound that they give that show, but I doubt it. I highly doubt it. I think everyone's already forgotten about K-pop. Well, don't say never just yet because we've got some categories where it could sneak into. Sound design of a play, Christmas Carol, Life of Pi, probably Leopoldstadt. Fat Ham actually, I think, will get a sound design nomination. They do a lot of stuff with the karaoke machine where they go back and forth. Oh, fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, between different sounds, and I think that'll help it a lot. And then I don't know the fifth one. Maybe Prima Facci. I don't know that much about it, but it looks like they do a lot of stuff with sound design in that. All right. Considering it's a one-woman show. Now, more technical stuff. Uh, go up to lighting now? Sure, lighting design. Musical. Lighting, yeah, lighting design of a musical. Uh, Parade, Sweeney. Um, Kimberly, maybe? And Juliet, maybe? 
Oh, and Juliet, maybe. I feel like nowadays, well, but but I was I was gonna say nowadays people just pick things that have, you know, lots of lighting cues, but I guess that's not totally true because it is people who are in that field doing the nominating for those categories still, isn't it? The, yeah, well, see, at the nomination committee, they try to have it be diverse of everyone of different fields. Oh, okay. But I don't I don't think it's the Oscars where below the line categories, only people in that field can vote. Got it. I th- yeah, it's, it's still a nominating committee, but I do know that the nominating committee does have, I believe they have like one big meeting before everybody votes where they kind of sort of talk about the season. And I think that helps sometimes with design categories where like a lighting designer can say like, no, here's why you need to understand like these three shows actually did really clever lighting because of X, Y, Z. And whether right. that makes an impact on everyone else who's to say but it's like mm-hmm. you know, if you're a producer and you don't understand like that what so-and-so did here is actually really incredibly impressive same thing with sound design uh you know there are certain things that when you're in the theater you can go oh wow that was really impressive but also if you're not i feel like also if you're not thinking about the sound design that means it's doing it really well especially for right. a musical if you can hear the orchestra well if you can understand every word that sound designer deserves a nomination yeah. It's you're going, what did Annalie say? What did, where's the band here? Yeah. Um, I think Kimberly's vulnerable in a lot of design categories because it's a slightly more modern show and yeah. the most elaborate design. But I do think it's got sound, uh, a, a chance at sound. I think it'll get orchestrations because it'll get nominated for score and that there are basically three ways to get nominated for best orchestrations. You are tied to a Best Score nominee. You Mm -hmm. are a jukebox musical doing something very new. Oh, with all new arrangements and things? Yeah. Yeah, like like Girl from the North Country or or MJ. Which, yeah, that got an orchestration nomination. Or you are the revivaliest revival and you are doing brand spanking new orchestrations for a score everybody knows. Which, at the moment, the only contender for that would be 1776. I'm right. not sure if Parade is eligible yet because I don't know that it is because it what did did it win the first time around or was orchestration not a part of the Tony Awards? At that point? No, it was because I think the first the first show of orchestrations was Titanic, so Parade the year was, before. Yes. So Fosse won orchestrations over Parade that year. I think oh. just like oh we have x number of musicians and we're making them you know deal with all these different sounding shows and isn't that fluid sure it'll be interesting to me not because the last time the orchestrations didn't win but because it's technically based off of the original orchestrations but jrb has repurposed it for a smaller size i think only by three pieces but still that's not technically the same charts Right. Yeah, I don't I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see, see if that's eligible. If it's eligible, um, it'll get in. If it's not, Lesum Gay. Yeah. Um but lighting, lighting. Uh oh, lighting. So you said Sweeney. Parade. Parade. Kimberly and Juliet. And then I would say maybe some like it hot, actually. Probably some like it hot, yeah. Unless they decide to be super kind to dancing, which doesn't have good lighting, but it does have a lot of it. Well, then that could very well be the case. It could be. Well, listen, there's a world in which Danson weirdly gets three nominations or it gets zero. Who knows? Uh, lighting design of a play, Life of Pi, Car- uh, Christmas Carol, uh, Leopoldstadt, probably Death of a Salesman. And then 
see, this is where I still need to see like three more. The, I feel like there's talk of Prima Facci or, you know, people could talk about Ohio State murders because that show is actually weirdly overly designed. But I feel like Ohio State murders is just going to get Audra and be thankful for it. The collaboration was their lighting to remember in collaboration. No, it was it was pretty straightforward. Okay. Oh, you know what? We'll probably what or not probably what might get a sound design nomination for a play is Peter Pan goes wrong, and when you see it, you'll mm. gotcha. Yeah, they do a lot of jokes with uh, sound cues in that show, so that, that will makes help. Sense. Yeah, I also think they'll get a set design nomination, which they got for play that goes wrong, and they could possibly get a costume design nomination. For all those, you know, Lost Boys and Hook and all the quick changes that what's her face Nancy Zamet has to do, it's it's quite fun. So then, lighting is oh, you just did lighting design of a play, yes. Um, okay, then uh, set design of a musical. Okay, set design of a musical. Some like it hot. Yeah. Camelot. Yeah. Do you think Sweeney just because of the size of it? Or do you think that they're going to go? It's too I'm simple. I'm really trying to think of like original musicals that could take its place. And there are other. Uh, so, oh, New York. New oh, York. Shucked, I think. Will, oh, right. We keep forgetting about New York, New York. We do. Um, and I keep hearing good things about it. So it's surprising. Yeah, I do too. So, sorry, New York, New York. Um, you're you're totally on my radar. I just completely forgot. Um, oh, because I would bet that they're going to end up getting nominated for all of the technical categories. Oh, yeah. They're Well, they're going to get choreography nomination set costumes possibly lighting orchestrations for sure possibly sound right and then probably musical yeah uh whether they get a best book nomination depends on how people feel about camelot and if we're finally ready to give aaron sorkin a tony nomination are they gonna consider him eligible for it i think they're he's i believe he's the only one credited for the book in this revival so this could be a uh What's this? Douglas Carter Bean situation where Oh, interesting. Yeah. We'll see. Huh. We'll see. I have a feeling at least half of the book in Camelot right now is Sorkin. Honestly, I wouldn't know the difference either way. Although, I mean, maybe his his dialogue is very specifically Sorkin, but like I don't know Camelot at all. So yeah. Yeah, that's well, not true. I know a couple of songs, but I don't know the 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 show itself. Yeah, it's a lovely score, but anywho, uh, we'll see, nice. we'll see, we'll see. But so yeah, set design. Okay, so if you think if you think Shock is gonna okay, well, we said New York, New York, also. Yes, it's New York, New York. Some like it hot. Camelot. It's three. So there's. Shucked. Sweet. Oh, and Juliet might get a set design nomination. It could. I don't love there's that. There's a turn. I know, but there's a turntable. Yeah, we love turntables. <laughs> I'm I'm in the minority of people that really like the Kimberly set. I think that it does exactly what it's supposed to do. It sets the tone. It I, it has a couple of surprises in it. If it's not the most like clever of sets or like the most overly designed of sets, I think it does exactly what it's supposed to do and could sneak in there in the same way that Bob Crowley accidentally one set design for once you know right not not accidentally but like no one saw that coming or like when whoever won for the ferryman won for the ferryman mm-hmm. that kind of thing where it's like it's a rather it's not the most elaborate of sets but sometimes that's if it if it fits the piece really well that can really hit with nominators and voters 
so yeah scene design of a play scene design of a play life of pi leopoldstadt christmas carol um i had two others oh i mentioned a collaboration but you said maybe no Fatham could get in there weirdly it's not it has one major surprise towards the end but also they do a lot of fun things with the entrances for uh juicy's dad when he's the ghost and he enters the stage he has a couple of really creative entrances and okay. that could do, that could do it for them um oh Again, uh or ain't no mo maybe for set design mm, or um <clears throat> excuse me or oh god i literally just had another one in my mind uh piano lesson god i hope not i thought that set ruined it but it well, is it is they, a could, they could win for the piano they, well okay i will i will say that the piano itself was actually wonderfully designed it's beautiful aren't they putting it in a museum i think so yeah it means yeah. a piano it's it's scarier than anything in sweeney todd but that i mean the the house for piano lesson i thought was all wrong mm. it, it's very designy but it, it, it the whole point of the ghosts in piano lesson is that you're not sure if they're real or not until the last five minutes right. and the moment that curtain comes up you go oh that's a haunted house <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Spook. welcome foolish mortals yeah mm. it's like werewolf bar mitzvah spooky scary <laughs> <laughs> uh costume design costume design of a musical um I, i'll be shocked if greg barnes didn't get a nomination for some like it hot yeah um i feel like greg barnes is always kind of a shoe in who uh i would imagine i would guess new york new york costumes will get nominated just because it's a period piece yeah period Who's doing those that's a great question who also who does the costumes for and juliet because i feel like that'll get in too uh that's a I, it's got to be a uk designer um donna zakowska is Anne Juliet? It, no, is uh, New York, New York. Oh, I don't know that person. They did the costume designs for the play, relatively speaking. So, congrats. All right. I mean, <laughs> moving on up. That's... Moving on up. And um, the costumes for Anne Juliet are by Paloma Young. She'll get nominated. Oh. We like Paloma. Yes, we do. Yeah. So yeah, I think and Juliet, Some Like It Hot, New York, New York, Camelot, and then the fifth one, Sweeney or Parade probably. And I would probably give it to Parade if they're not as immediately impressive as Sweeney Todd, they're far more appropriate. Unless everyone did a line of coke and said, you know what had a lot of color? Bad Cinderella. I mean... I have not seen it. I have seen photos of some of those costumes, and some of them are very beautiful. Which ones? You are, like, full shading me right now. I think that the ball gowns, a lot of the ball gowns are really pretty. Okay. I will say, having seen the show, having seen that girl, which, by the way, for anyone who has read my beautiful review is not the garbage disaster that the reviews would have you make it out to be. It is not good. It's not even mediocre. It's just bad. It's It just sits there being bad, and you go, at the very least, Andy, make a bold decision so I can sit here and call it camp. You don't even do that. Yeah, I, there's nothing more disappointing than when a bad musical is just boring. 
so fucking boring. There are a handful of moments where it is camp, but they are not often enough. And honestly, it feels more like Grace McLean and Carly Carmelo are turning to the audience being like, isn't this just like Pink Flamingos? And we're sitting there being like, you've never seen Pink Flamingos. You've heard about it. You've never seen it. And I love both of those women dearly. Oh, yeah. Trying so hard to make that show come alive. And it's just a losing battle. Losing battle. They They could get a costume design nomination. Diana got one. And that girl was in a refrigerator box at the end of Act One. So here we are. So there you go. And nominated for a semi-canceled William Ivy Long at the time. So That's right. Sometimes we do what we do. And you still get a Tony nomination. I would uh, I would give Kimberly Akimbo a costume nomination for the candy necklace alone, but here we are. But I know some people are mad that the show choir doesn't have a tearaway costume at the end. So maybe that'll do them in. Oh, Lord. Well, after okay. they talk so much about how they want to raise money so they can get tearaway costumes, and then in the end, they sure. don't even have tearaway costumes. Sure. I'm, like, I'm sorry, in Great Adventure, the last thing I want is a reveal. I'm just going to sit there crying. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, unless they did a costume reveal like at the curtain call. Yeah. It's like Eliza doing a, a cooter slam in the middle of Burn, you know? It's like, I love it, but not necessary right now. I need to see that. I can see that. You... <laughs> goes, um, what's the, what's the line? She goes, you bump. Oh, you forfeit all rights to my heart. When she does that, she'll, yeah. you forfeit all rights to my slam. Uh-huh. And all the gays will just go, work, bitch, cunt. Anyway. All right. Costumers <laughs> end of a play. Fuck me. Leopold Stadt for the win. Christmas Carol, probably. Maybe Fat Ham for the very end, but we'll see. I don't think what else is there. I know nothing about Thanksgiving play other than apparently Katie Finneran is hysterical. I've heard both of the women are very funny. I'm excited yeah. to go. Um, I'm to be so very excited. Doll's House is all contemporary costumes, isn't it? Or no? From what I can tell, I haven't, I, I, I haven't seen it yet. And from, yeah, it looks like everyone is in relatively either, either contemporary garb or like it's at least all black. Like there's not much defining yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, and um, piano lesson might get in there for costumes. I was gonna say maybe piano lesson because it's a period piece. Yeah, ain't no mo probably because there's a lot of costumes in that show, and it mm-hmm. goes all over the gambit in terms of time period and genre. So it could it could right. get. In there. Right. I'm very interested to see what ends up happening with ain't no mo with nominations because I feel like it could either get a surprisingly large number or almost get completely shut out. I would have really liked to have seen that show. I'm 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 bummed for them that it didn't do well. Well, this is why you decently. Get, this is why you don't get celebrities to produce your Broadway show. They know nothing about Broadway producing. Anima was was good. It was fifteen minutes too long. Every sketch should have ended five minutes earlier, but it was pretty good. And Crystal Lucas Perry was great. It, it, it was overall a very strong cast, but I think Crystal has a good shot at a nomination in featured actress. Uh moving on up. We mentioned orchestrations a little bit. I think if we mm-hmm. have five nominees and, you know, one of them isn't going to go to a score nominee, it's probably going to be and Juliet for how they incorporate. Oh, for their new arrangements of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Kimberly Akimbo, Some Like It Hot, probably Shucked. And then number five, I don't know. What if it's a beautiful noise? Who knows? It Who, could be. It um, could be. 
it could i mean well i mean or to your point it, well wait what's isn't there a play that has music this season there are a couple of plays that could get nominated for score but none of them have live orchestras and that's the thing okay i think you need it has to be a lot it has to be live instrumentation i'm pretty sure got it i mean that makes sense yeah um i mean dancing could get in there more on a technicality of just the fact of you know adapting all those different styles into new styles because it's fossey reinvented i was gonna say if 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 fossey won it last time then maybe we'll see dancing get nominated with it again it could absolutely happen oh wait, wait do we do we say new york new york i don't think we said new york New York. no probably new york new york yeah there we go that's a that's that's our five our five orchestrations will mirror our five best musical nominees i will be sitting anticipating a banjo at any moment during that show and i can't wait during new york new york yeah because if it's a john kander score and i don't hear a banjo at least once i'll be very disappointed that's fair but he doesn't there's orchestrations i know but his shows generally have a very uh recognizable sound to them Sure, 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 sure. Is there a banjo in Steel Pier? Probably. Oh yeah, you you hear it ripping up during um, Everybody's Girl, during okay. the key change. Okay. Before I forget, mm. let's take a break. Really, I beg to differ with you. How do you mean? You're the top. Yeah. You're an arrow collar. You're the top. You're a Coolidge dollar. You're the nimble And we're back. Oh my god, I took a nap. I think this is the first time, Adam, with you being on the podcast. Granted, I've only been on a network for, you know, six months now. This is the first time I remembered to take a break when talking to you. <laughs> I, usually get, I usually get so caught up. And granted, I I took the break far too late in the episode. And I have to do one more before we close out. But here we are. We'll probably need a pee break at some point anyway. Yeah, with, you, with your bladder and age, you're going to need to pee at some point. Mm-hmm. Always. Mm-hmm. Always. So, always. always always director of a musical let's just get into her okay um <clears throat> so susan stroman you think i think so i've heard it i've heard that it's really slick yeah <laughs> what I've heard, I've heard that that it's wet and slippery and smooth okay so let's let's look at the potentials or like the realistic potentials i should say yeah 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 of the originals, we have Jessica Stone for Kimberly. We she have, will get a nomination. I, I think she will too, because it's only only Titanic in 1997 has there been a Best Musical winner not nominated for director. And if Kimberly is the front runner for Best Musical, and I truly believe it is, I still have to see New York, New York, but I've seen everything else. And I just based off of the reviews, based off of the uh, commercial reception so far, and then the community yeah. reception, it's just... It, feels like it's Kimberly and her direction is just so lovely it's so nice I know people who were disappointed because it wasn't staged quote-unquote inventively I think her staging is perfectly fine it's not it doesn't call attention to itself but also her work with the actors is so good that was going to be my point. I I think that her work really shows in the scenes between those characters where you really got, but speaking of tension, there's this, there's this scene where they're at the revolving dinner table and that scene is incredibly tense. Yeah. And that wasn't done. That wasn't done off Broadway, the revolve that that Mm. added for Broadway, which I was so glad they did. Yeah. That whole scene is done so well. And also, God, we'll talk about this with choreography. I wish that, 
more people will pay attention to the choreography in Kimberly Akimbo because it's very, it's used sparingly, but when it's done, it's done so effectively and it's mostly the show choir, but with how they are used framing the stage during the turn, we take the mm-hmm. turn. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So fantastic. It's like, it's that is for me is what musical theater is. It's a moment of tension, humor and tension that is presented to us through a simple revolve that is direction, actors, also direction, music that is underscoring dissonance, and then the framing of the show choir kids doing very simple dance movements. I'm like, this is just fucking perfection. Ah, I love it. Yeah. Um, sorry. So Jessica Stone's going to get a nomination. We're yeah. saying it. It's happening. Yeah, we're, saying, we're saying it. She's going to get nominated. I think Michael Arden is absolutely a lock for Parade and probably oh, yeah. the front runner. Yeah. Is, as I said on Instagram, it is the revivaliest of all the revivals this season. And it's very much a director showcase. And this will be, I think, his third nomination, possibly fourth if he gets in for Christmas Carol. And we'll get to that in a second. Mm. And he could win for Parade. Uh but I think Jessica Stone is still in there. I think Kale will probably get in because it's Sweeney and it's big and he's well-liked, which leaves us with two. Uh, Stro, Stro. Stro for New York, New York. Yeah. Uh, I think the other ones we have to consider, Luke Shepard for and Juliet. Mm. Bart Scher for Camelot. Oh yeah, he seems, I mean, he's like one of those just for posterity nominations yeah. he, do, he does a musical revival at lincoln center and they go yeah here you go and yeah. he get, he gets more he gets nominated more often than he does not same thing with casey nicola with some like it hot yeah he gets nominated for director more often than he doesn't and i think that's important to remember moving forward because the only other potential would be um wayne salento no, Wayne Slund does not getting nominated for dance and not one fucking bit. Oh, Lear, I thought we were just I thought we were just naming directors. Sorry. Lear, I, I, Lear for I, Into I guess the I Woods. misunderstood the assignment. I misunderstood the assignment. No. Lear for Into the Woods would be the only other option. And I brought this up last week. I mentioned on, on Instagram today. I have a very hot take when it comes to this revival of Into the Woods and its Tony chances, which is that I really don't think it's going to do as well with nominations as people think. It closed a little too long ago. The original company that opened it left way earlier than we remember. Right. And even though it is on tour right now, there are revivals happening in New York right now that are making a much, just as big as Flashes Into the Woods did over the summer, but they're also just, you know, they're here. They're you know? Yeah, they're, they're fresh in people's minds. Parade, Sweeney, Camelot. Those are the three. And, and I'm not going to spill tea, I'm not going to spill tea, but I, and I mentioned this on Insta a while ago and people asked me what I meant by this. And I said, I'm not telling you, but this is the, the thing with Lear is that she had a really, really shitty first season at Encores. It started off terribly. And that's not an, that's not a secret. Everyone knows. It was rough. It was rough. And Into the Woods happened and was good. And everyone breathed a sigh of relief. And it be and then the 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 narrative became oh this is the best into the woods that's ever been oh it's brought the show back I think that I have only been able to think of this revival as the production of Into the Woods that made people who didn't like it before like it because they don't do anything with it they just did the show right and surprise surprise Into the Woods is a good musical but well, I do- and also I mean whether or not you liked this revival. Mm-hmm. 
and I I liked it well enough. Um, but like, but if, if it, it killed me every time someone would be like, it's the best production of Into the Woods I've ever seen. And I'm like, no, the best production of Into the Woods you've ever seen is the 1990 PBS Great Performances telecast. That's the best production of Into the Woods you've ever seen. Don't well, lie to me. No, anyone, like, <laughs> someone, someone tried to pitch me that Bettina Miller found pathos in The Witch that Bernadette didn't, to which I said, are you absolutely fucking kidding me? If there's one thing Bernadette Peters can do, it's find pathos in literally anything. But, and and Patina is not a pathos gal. She does not lead with that foot. But I actually did, but I did like Patina. This is to say, this is sort of the tea that I'm going to hint at, is that even with Woods having done so well for them at the very end of that season, Lear has not, been given a clean slate with her new season at Encores. Her board of directors have pretty much told her she's not allowed to do what she wanted because what she wanted blew up so badly. And even though Woods came off well, they're like, this is not this is not such a success that you get to start over again. We are telling you how you're going to do the seasons from now on. So that tells you a little bit about how she's thought of. And then there might be another musical she recently worked on that has not gone over well that she may or may not have been asked to leave from. So I do not think that the general communal vibe on Lear is all that strong, which is why even though she is technically a contender, I'm not going to put her name down. Yes. (laughs) Sorry, that was a long way to get back to where we're getting to. Uh, I think Stroman is so much more well-liked and respected, and from what I understand, her work in New York, New York is very good. Casey is very well-liked and respected. Um... I can see a world in which we have Arden, Stone, Kale, Stroh, and Nicola, or Bart gets in over Casey because right. Casey well, and, a choreography nomination. And to your, I mean, to your point before, it, it's it, it all so many times more often than not, it, not like, and it does happen, but more often than not, it's all about what's fresh in people's minds and still running. Yes, when when you look at stuff, and we'll get to this with acting in a second. When you get to stuff that has closed, that has been nominated, you you can't just look at it specifically as a statistic of like, well, it's happened before. It's like, okay, well, let's look at the season. So, for example, uh, when I said that I don't think Woods will get many acting nominations, if at all, I I still am pretty confident Sarah will get in for leading actress. We'll get to her in a second. Mm-hmm. But I still, th- I think she's actually more vulnerable than many people are willing to admit. And when people go, well, Martin Short won for Little Me. I'm like, yes, there were four nominees in his category. He was one of three that were in closed shows. And the only one who was still running was Tom Wopat and Annie Get Your Gun. And it's not called Frank Butler Get Your Gun. It's called Annie Get Your Gun. And right. And, and, and Martin Short had made a great impression in that role that role in little me is such a showcase and he mm-hmm. was considered so great in it that it just wasn't not going to happen um like the only other option was brent carver who was also in a close show carolee probably would have won for parade if parade were still running at the time but she lost to bernadette in the currently running annie get your gun where everyone went she's not as bad as i thought she was gonna be <laughs> so okay of the five directors that i said we said kale stone arden stro nicola Mm-hmm. who if you, if you had to, and share yes if you had to kick one out who would it be which queen deserves to go home and why um 
Where's six? Uh, I, uh, uh, I might have to say Thomas Kale. Interesting. That's who I would personally take out. That's I don't know if I believe that's who will get taken. I mean, I thought that was I thought you were asking my personal opinion. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, personal is easy. I can absolutely give you who my personal five are. Oh, um, um I don't you know, I don't know. I especially because I haven't seen everything. It's it's a hard one for me to really have a full opinion on, but based on what I have seen, I think I'm mm, is this is this in order to get share in? Or, or considering or that he's outside, the one gets, gets kicked out, or is it? Maybe. it, yeah. it yeah, it, it might be. Yeah, I think this could be a revival like Fiddler, where Cher is vulnerable again. Mm-hmm. The difference is that with Fiddler, the reviews were kind, but they weren't extraordinary, and a lot of people were like, "We know that this show is extraordinary. The fact that I'm not like living my best life is your fault." Right. Camelot, if Camelot gets kind reviews, no one's going to necessarily blame him for it not being over the moon incredible. They're like, well, it's Camelot. It's never been great. Right. I was going to say, nobody, I don't think I've ever had anybody list that as like their top favorite show of all time. JFK and he's dead. So, well, that's why he got killed. If he was still alive, do you think that would still be his favorite musical? Let's be real. Yeah, no, he probably would like Lacage next. All that, all that butt stuff. He's like, yes, please. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can put up your country's butt. So, director of a play. <laughs> Once again, we go into most. This is a this is a category where it's very easy to line up those who did like a lot of elaborate staging in a play. So, Life of Pi, Christmas Carol. Speaking of turntables, Leopoldstadt, and then probably Death of a Salesman probably um i don't know maybe i would give fat ham a nomination here i think that they do a really good job with this but yeah i don't know what what's the word on the street who's talking about director of a play adam is any i i haven't heard anybody talking about director of a play it's such a shame there because the thing is there's actually been some pretty good direction some pretty good direction this year. Like I thought that Kenny Leon's direction for Top Dog Underdog was really strong. Mm. I oh, like... that's true. I, I I would I could see him getting a nomination for that. Yeah. Well, again, just because that show closed and there's so much fucking going on, and yeah. you know, like even Peter Pan goes wrong, it's got so much happening on that stage that you can't deny the. Uh, it's a traffic control job. Yeah, but like a good one, one that doesn't right. need traffic control. And I hear Chafkin's doing some really funny work and complex work in Thanksgiving play. So who knows? I and think that's one that's going to be hard to tell until we get in, until everything is open. Yeah. And unlike the musicals, actually, no, that's not true because we have some plays this season that also would have been eligible in past seasons for like drama desks and. Uh, outer critic circle so like between Riverside and Crazy and Cost of Living and Fat Ham it's like well what do we nominate them for or, or rather we said like where's what's the momentum on these shows because they were off Broadway last season or previous seasons and right it's harder to tell but yeah I don't know I don't know it's interesting it's interesting I hope Latanya doesn't get nominated for Piano Lesson I really didn't like her direction on that show one bit the tone <laughs> of the station Sorry to be a downer. I'm also fascinated to see if anything happens with Cost of Living, a full-on mm. Pulitzer winner that got like 
the biggest of rave reviews for the times once again thrown out critics picks like candy which i liked didn't love but i don't know at the time i was like oh i'm sure like play possibly direction maybe an acting nomination or two and now it's like not on anyone's top five for any category i know it's interesting though that i haven't seen it really brought up at all this season but yeah when it first when it when it opened well and obviously it won the pulitzer before and and all of that but like but yeah it's, it's surprising that it seems to have gone by the wayside i wonder has there ever been a play that has won the pulitzer that didn't get nominated for best play if it was eligible you know mm. i don't know if that's ever happened I want to do a follow up on that one. I don't know. But yeah, I, not that it, not that I can think of, but my awareness of that type of stuff isn't quite as strong as my musical knowledge. Well, and that's why originally I thought that the five best plays. And we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Okay. So direction, we're done. Choreography, uh, Stro, obviously. Yeah. Nicola, obviously. I yeah. would probably say and Juliet because those people dance on the turntable and they don't bump into each other. Sure. Yeah. There was a question in the last episode about Salento's eligibility for dancing, because even though it's technically Fosse's moves, he's quote unquote reinventing it. I called Wait, now remind me, for Fosse, did anybody get nominated for choreography for that show? Was that an in-ranking nomination? No. They were, okay. They were nominated for direction. Okay. Oh, right. It was Anne and, uh, I can't remember who, who co-director was. It was but, yeah. uh, Anne Richard, and Richard Malpey Jr. Richard Malpey Jr., that's right. And then Gwen Verdon was, like, artistic consultant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, what else choreograph? Blah, 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 blah. Well, so friend of the pod, Robbie Rizal, wanted to remind me that Anne won her choreography Tony for Chicago in the style of Fosse. Right. Which there are, there are at least two numbers in Chicago when it's done with a full cast of dancers that are purely Fosse's original moves but I would argue that the majority of that show is Anne's work it's her yeah even even if we're going off of you know Hot Honey Rag being 99% Fosse you know everything else she does even she might be following a similar structure but the moves themselves are hers whereas dancing we are even when Salento's like hey let's take this section and put it over here and have put put everyone at an angle I'm like yes but they're at an angle still doing Fosse's moves right yeah you just you just change the direction of it Yes, you may, as I said, the physical direction of it, I should say. As I said in last week's episode, you might be dancing to Plastic Chicken, but they are still doing the exact moves of mine hair. (laughs) (laughs) Even if they were eligible choreography, I could not in good conscience give them a nomination for that when the highlight, two highlights are Sing 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 and Beat Me Daddy Eight to the Bar when just doing the exact moves. I think that's valid. Uh, oh my god what else god choreography mm. yeah maybe maybe they won't fill all five categories although they probably will want to just because there's enough shows yeah. to make it happen well and that's the thing i wonder like could it be a situation where it ends up being four because if because th- i think that can happen too if it's sort of scattered enough with the bottom with the fifth nominee where it's like you know 10 people do k-pop 10 people do I mean, I could see, I could see a world in which Shucked gets nominated, even though it's, I don't think, I don't think it would have a chance of winning, but it has, it has a couple of like creatively fun numbers. There's that one barrel number that's the, the, the staging of it is kind of fun. Um, That's, but that's late in act two. I would argue if Shucked is allowed to be a hot contender for a nomination, then so should fucking Kimberly. I know people are going to mention Sweeney. And it's entirely possible there is movement in that show, but I do not think it's effective. 
it best case scenario it just is fine like in god that's good it's done okay worst case scenario it fully undercuts the tension of the show i really hated how the movement was done in the ballad of them being like when they start like humping the air and doing that body roll yep yep the sweeney Uh Uh i hated it i hated it and then they do like a blob thing where people would like pop out of the blob to do their solo bits and it's right i'm not opposed to movement in sweeney i think that it can work i also i was like poor thing a number where you absolutely could have movement here doing the yeah i thought that i i totally forgot about that yes thank you for reminding me yeah that number could have been much more exciting i also i'm gonna have to ask Maybe I won't ask Delaney because I don't want I don't want to come back here with an answer and everyone know that it's Delaney I asked. I'll ask around to other people I know who are in that show. But it honestly, this whole production just felt to me sort of like we don't want to be triggering to anyone. So there's no whistle. There's not a lot of blood. And when the judge assaults Lucy at the party in in pantomime, he's going to be four feet away from her while he does it. Because I don't know if you remember the way that it ended. He like he's standing three feet from her and he sort of takes out his hand and starts pointing his finger down like he's going to enter her cleavage. It's on that final, like, poor thing. Oh, I totally even missed that. I didn't even see it. It's what it looked like to me, Grant. Which is a problem, because you should be fully paying attention to that moment. Absolutely. But I just remember he was, like, pointing his finger down, getting closer towards her and closer towards her, and then when they got to that final, he, like, whisked her off. And I was just like, no! Come on, you gotta do something here. Yeah. Alan Rickman fully fell on top of Laura Michelle Kelly. We only saw it for a second, but he did it. Yeah. Uh, we got so the whole, think, in the original production, we got like the, the bare judge butt. Yep. And then in the concert with George Hearn and Patty, they had Lucy slide down the middle of the gangplank towards the judge. Oh, that's right. She, that was cute. I don't know. If there, I know people don't love the movie and I defend it to everyone, but I think there's one like number, there's one number in that movie that I'm like, I'm sorry, it doesn't need my defense. They just do it so well. And it's poor thing. They do poor thing so fucking well. It's great. It Ugh. looks great. The way that the Timothy Spall as the Beatle just looks on with like admiration. He, he is, and he is in like full wormtail mode too. Oh yeah. Fully erect. He's fully erect. His wormtail is erect in that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I love it. But yeah, I, they could get in for choreography. I hope not. I don't. And I love Hoggett. I think his work in Once. I do too. An American Idiot. But just this is not it. She's not and, the one here. And even his stuff in Cursed Child is really fun and cool. You better swing that goddamn cape around. Let's let's swoosh it. When they said that there were there was wand dancing, it's not what I expected. But I'm I'm glad I saw it. I just remember when I had a friend that saw it in the West End before it came here and he was like, there's a lot of swooshing of capes. And I was, and I, and the funny thing was that when I finally saw it, it was exactly what I thought it was going to be. But to the point where it made me giggle a little bit every time, because I was like, Ooh, there they go. Whoosh. They just swoosh it around. Cause also there's that sound effect that goes along with it. That's yeah. very much a swoosh. Oh, it's a swoosh. So Book and score is where it gets a little tricky because we have our three yeah. locks. Score, we have a lock in Kimberly, which also, by the way, everyone listen to the cast recording because that cast recording came out at the right moment for Tony. It sounds Hunter. incredible. And and it gives you even greater insight to how fucking great that score is. Yeah. Look at Hot, Shucked, those are three locks for score. 
And I then think, I think New York, New York, because it's going to be because it's John Kander's potentially final eligible? show. Is it eligible? Yeah, it is. There's enough new material in it that it's eligible. Because you know only, for sure, I'm pretty darn sure because they're doing what New York, New York, world goes round. Uh, marry me, marry me. I think there's like maybe four or five trunks trunk songs quote-unquote reused songs and i think the rest of it is original but i could be wrong if so if you're correct it's absolutely going to get a score nomination absolutely won't win but we'll get nominated every time that candor and ebb get nominated in this century they nominated on the grounds of vote for us you'll never get the chance to vote for john candor again and then each time he doesn't win, and then he gets. And he's like, "Oh wait, there's this other show that John and I wrote, or that that Fred and I wrote that we never got out. Here, let's do this one now. Yeah, here you go. Vote for me now, bitches." Um, yeah, it was like it was like Steel Pier was the last show, and then the then visit was, was curtains was the last show, and then, then the visit was the last show, and then Scottsboro no, Boys was, was the it, last it, show. Scottsboro Boys then the well, visit. whatever order it was. Yeah, it, it, yeah the, the number oh, of times that I've been like, "Oh, it's the last time I'll get to see an original Candor and Ebb musical on stage," <laughs> it's like, "Oh wait, five years have passed, and here's another one. Here we are again." Yep. And every time when the Tonys come around, the producers are like, "Vote for it for score. You'll never get the chance again." And everyone's like, "I have a feeling there are three other shows somewhere in their basement." I have a feeling. I have a feeling John Candor's holding out on us. Uh, so if it's eligible, <laughs> absolutely. And yeah. then the fifth slot. So I also thought if it's not eligible and they have to do two more slots, I think Life of Pi will get in there as a play with music. Oh, for a score nomination, yeah. yeah. And, it's, and it is beautiful music that is very heavily used in the show. And then the la- and then if it's not, if New York, New York is not eligible and we have Life of Pi in there, then it's okay. K-pop, almost famous, Bad Cinderella, which do we do? And mm-hmm. I, if, I think- Or do that- they not? What if they just do four? What if they do just do four? Or, well, that's the thing is because then there are plays that also have music that they can nominate. Sure. Because it's it's really rare when it's, okay, we have enough for five slots, but actually we only nominated four. But, like, that happens extremely rarely. Uh, I feel like if they're going to do a fifth and they, and, like, have to fill it out, they would do K-pop for multiple reasons. But... I don't know. What if they did do Bad Cindy? Ugh, God. I just, I don't see the theater community awarding that show with many nominations just out of sheer whatever. Disdain. There's a lot of disdain for that show. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, which I get. And again, it's been the butt of a joke since it came in, since before it came in. Like when they announced that it was coming over, people were like, why? And why change it to that name? The thing is that oh. I, I feel like a lot of the vitriol on that show, it's not that it's undeserved. It's just a little too intense. I'm like, can we release some of the poison here and sprinkle it onto some other shows that maybe don't deserve tens, tens, tens across the board? Yes. That, I have to say, side note, that when they revealed that title with, the spray with her doing the spray paint, and I really think that they thought they were being brilliant about it, Oh yeah. I mean, it definitely got my attention, but it was just like, why are you picking this name for this show? It's just, oi. Anyway. So the, so the intel I have on Bad Cinderella is similar to the intel I have on Diana, which is that <laughs> when it was being created, it was never, ever meant to be camp. It was meant to be 
earnest, fun and 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 entertaining, but yeah. earnest. And then when the show got its reception on the West End, Andy was like, "Oh, great! I I did it! I did it so well!" And then the post came, tore it to shreds, and they went, "Okay, we have like one angle here, and it is camp." And the writing does not endorse that. That's just what the marketing went for. And the cast of Bad Cinderella. They are all very aware of what show they are in and what kind of show they are in. But mm-hmm. everyone on the production team is convinced that they were creating something of merit. And so that is sort of why there's a lot of, I think, disdain for the show itself. Because it's like, if you if you came out as a rowdy-bowdy bitch, as Alyssa Edwards says, we would have more respect for you. Same thing, like, if Diana had come out the gate in 2020 before the pandemic being like, we're trying to do, like, a camp-tastic spectacular of Diana, you can call it in poor taste, but this is what we're going with. And then it wasn't until Netflix happened, and then honestly, halfway into previews after Netflix, they were like, oh, let's pivot, let's pivot, say this is what we we always wanted to do. Yeah, because, well, because even by the time that I saw it, which was maybe three weeks before it closed, I don't think it had officially opened yet. I don't, now I don't remember. They, Um, they. They ran. When did they open? Do you remember uh, their opening night? Their opening night, I think, was end of November. They okay for legit four weeks total. Okay, then I think I saw it right before it opened because I think I saw it mid November. Okay. Um, I want to say it was like the twelfth or something. Um, anyway, but even because even at that point, that audience was so divided and confused. Yep. Um, and having a good time, but not for the reasons that the creative team wanted you to have a good time and it was like the beginning of the the big uh switch over yeah it's it's the same thing with bad cinderella like everyone's going in saying screw the critics i'm gonna have wine out of an amazing time and that is sort of how the show begins and Mm. then tries to trick you into thinking that there's a deeper message but they can't so they go back to camp it's it's she bad cindy herself has got a number in act two called far too late that goes on for let me check my watch here 7342 minutes it is one of the longest most repetitive songs i've ever heard to the point where a bunch of us in the orchestra started chuckling every time a new verse happened because we're (laughs) just saying the same thing over and over again and the whole and the irony is that the song is called far too late to sing a love song and i went oh great i'm so glad that we are three quarters of the way into act two for you to say this via a seven minute number oh my it, god stupid not lenady's fault just whatever uh i yeah i don't think i hope it doesn't get a best score nomination it could just on the merit of like it's andy weber you know he brought us a show guys and we shouldn't be too harsh on it but like I think that there's also something to say about K-pop where it would be nice to nominate the first uh, Asian American woman for best score. Mm. Or if K-pop sounds like K-pop and they are releasing the cast recording in pieces leading up to nomination day so they can hear it separate from the show, which is the women on the verge narrative. And I think that is very smart. So I that is it. smart. Well, yeah. then, 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 then I hope the best for them. As do I, as opposed to almost famous where you go, Ugh. I just want this to be Tiny Dancer. And then you listen to Tiny Dancer and you're like, yeah, why can't the rest of the score be this way? (laughs) Yeah. Neither will be nominated for book, which leads us to book. Kimberly, Shooked, Some Like It Hot, and Juliet. And then either New York, New York, or if Sorkin is considered eligible for Camel Toe, possibly Mm. for Camel Toe. Yeah. I mean, I would say it'll probably be New York, New York, unless, unless Sorkin's 
eligible. I mean, if they can't get New York, New York down to two hours and 30 minutes, I don't know. What's it running now? 245? I don't know. Because running... the first preview was like three hours, wasn't it? Yeah, the first preview was three hours. Supposedly, they were able to shave off like five minutes in the first week. Okay. I don't know where it's at now. They might be doing the shuffle along situation where it's like the first week was just about kind of tightening what they had. And then second week was, okay, now let's do some Get the axe. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Every Broadway show needs George C. Wolf to come in and be like, okay, you get cut. You get cut. You get cut. Sorry, babe. I love you. You're talented, but you're fired because you have no part anymore. We need him. We need him every day of every week. I am so glad that Broadway listened to me and gave me Joe Mantello with The Grey House, but I need I need Wolf now, too. Oh, right. Wait, you didn't mention that in the shows that are still yet to open. Well, because it doesn't open. Oh, it's next season, technically, isn't it? Yeah, it starts previews, I think, at the end of this month and then opens in May. Or maybe it previews in May and opens in June. Mm. I just remember, like, they announced that their preview started so soon after the cutoff date that it was like, why? Why, why not just do this season? But right. I think it's pretty packed. And, you know, I don't think they're aiming for Tony's. I think they're just aiming to make some money. Yeah. Well, and maybe they'll be, their show will be thrilling. Maybe. And scary. Oh, God damn, do we need it? Imagine if Laurie Metcalf could sing, imagine her love it. Oh my God. Oh, it would yeah. be incredible. It would be incredible. It would be, it would be, absolutely it would be, incredible. it would also be unhinged. Oh yeah. I mean, and, and I'm saying this in the best way possible, but oh man, would that be an, unhin- an unhinged Mrs. You know, it's going to be really hard for me to deal with for a while. in my first world, beautiful gay problem mm. is when once upon a one more time opens at the marquee theater with Jennifer Samard. And I'm going to be like, Sweeney Todd is right across the street. Jennifer Samard. Why aren't you there doing Love It? Why aren't you my Mrs. Love It? She'd be amazing. When has she not been amazing? That's true. I I don't mean to be like that person who's like, I love you no matter what you do. I'm sure she could do something that would make me unhappy. But so far, I've yet to be disappointed in Samard. Sienna Man. <laughs> the, the odd taste in the coffee is Sienna Man, Bobby. <laughs> Manicotti. <laughs> Well, okay. So speaking of her too, watching Shuck, I wish I had like a bit of deja vu at the Nederlander Theater with everyone talking about Alex Newell and their number. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, Alex absolutely sings the house down. And I'm sitting here going, let's not pretend this is Jennifer Samard making an absolute meal out of oh, right. the jukebox number in Disaster. Right. right. Just doing, first of all, also singing her goddamn tits off in a number that truly builds that you know excites you in the end it was incredible doing absolutely everything humanly possible you could do with a jukebox machine it was not jukebox uh uh slot machine sorry Mm -hmm. it was god like that i I just sat there being like i'll remember that forever and an audience losing it because they were so surprised and newell i was like newell's doing great but this is not like the same kind of surprise for me anyhow um okay let's get into some acting um Pick a category, any category. Um, let's let's do what they always do. Um, best supporting actress of a musical. You mean featured actress in a musical? I'm sorry, best featured actress in a musical. That's right. Let's call it like we see it. Well, let's start with our first lock, shall we? Bonnie Milligan. Yes, one thousand percent. Duh, duh. Then if we have Alex. We have Alex. After having seen Kim again for, you know, time, 
I gotta say, I think Ali Mazi could get in there. Ali Mazi could also be in there. It could it could be a twofer with both of them. Yeah. Um, and, and she's not such competition for Bonnie that they would split votes. I just think that it there's a way to, you know, I think she's giving a performance that should absolutely be acknowledged. And it's a really difficult role that she pulls off. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Um, I mean, for like a sort of showier role, there's Natasha Yvette Williams from Some Like It Hot. Some Like It Hot. And she, and she really is quite good in that show. She's really enjoyable. She's someone who on paper I keep saying like is a possibility, but then when I really think about it realistically, I don't see it. But mm-hmm. it could I mean it could happen. Her show is still running. This is this, this is another situation, Adam, where people were like, Well, what about Pippa in Into the Woods? What about Julia Lester? And I'm like, Yes, what about them? Right. There are so many options, and all the women who are also options are still on Broadway. Yeah. It's really difficult. If I'm going to nominate anyone in Featured Actress from Into the Woods, it's Julia Lester. But Oh, yeah, she was great. She was. I just don't see, again, I just don't see it happening. Uh, I would nominate Melanie LeBaire, I think is her name, from and Juliet, Melanie LeBaire, the nurse. Oh, the one who won the Olivier as the the nurse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's great. Did she, did she win or did the actress who played uh, Anne Hathaway win on the West End? I think she won, although I could be wrong. Melanie, Mel- Melanie maybe, she was, maybe she was nominated and not and didn't win. Well, and so you and I have very similar opinions on this musical, Adam. Yes. Yes. And we and I need the listeners to understand just how gay we are when we talk about how much we both kind of saw in Juliet and went, okay. Yeah. I, I, it was, I honestly, I kind of, it was one of those shows, it's very rare that I feel bad that I don't like something very much, but it was one where I was like, I really should like this show. There's, there's so many elements of that show that I really, on paper, was excited about, where I was like, oh, fun, like, it's a very, it's a very diverse cast across the board, not even, like, racially, like, body type, every, like, uh, yeah. every, gender everything there were, it's it's a really inclusive cat probably the most inclusive cast i've seen on a broadway stage in a minute Absolutely. um and that's the design is fun and bright and it's all like late 90s early 2000 bops and so like you know it's totally my era of of pop music in terms of at least i'm i don't know like in it, it, it just reminds me of like the end of high school yeah. Um, half of the music in and Juliet was the music that was playing when you lost your virginity at prom you know right um early, but, early Brittany late shit. yeah but but to, you've you've made your point about it and I don't and I, and I kind of agree it's where it's like you know this the show is about this character and she's the least interesting part of the show absolutely the least um, and and I just and I and it's a it's another one of those ones where I feel like there's a lot being shoehorned in that's unnecessary. Yeah, there's nothing just just, just for visibility's sake. Where it's like just by a lot of these, um, and I mean dis- no disrespect to any of these actors, I, I'm I'm thrilled to see this diversity on stage. But it, there's a lot of stuff that feels shoehorned in just <clears throat> in the name of visibility. Yeah, well, it's performative in the way that, honestly, a lot of Broadway is, you yeah. know, and, and the community is. And I've talked about this a bit in the past, and I wish that we'd have a bit more of a reckoning about it, or just, like, being honest and getting a little dirtier about it. Um, the best way I can describe it, and it's, again, it's a play I don't like. I don't think it's a good play, but I like how it ends, which is slave play, where Jakina and Paula Alexander Nolan 
you know, the whole bit is their marriage is sort of based on this toxic truth of the history of slavery in America. Mm. And she kind of, she keeps saying how she wants them to kind of go to the absolute darkest, ugliest place to, and to eventually come out of it, which the final scene is that they, they go to the ugliest place and it's awful and it's traumatizing. And the last line of the play is her saying, thank you, baby, for listening. Cause it's, <laughs> and I viewed it and I have other friends who viewed it this way, but I had a debate with someone about this the other day. They're like, well, their marriage someone was like oh well their marriage is fucked because you can't come back from that I'm like no 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 that was them burning the foundations of their marriage to the ground to build a better stronger house a new on less toxic ground mm. that is what that was at least in my opinion and i feel like broadway needs to kind of do that in general when it comes to equity and inclusion but we digress and juliet i don't think is a, is bad on an objective level it's fine it does what no. it sets out to do decently well there, but I do have other notes which we've already discussed. In terms of featured actress, so Melanie did not win the Olivier. It was the actress. She did it. It was the actress who played Anne Hathaway. Okay, um, I would then I, but I would nominate Melanie. Yes, I would not. I would nominate Melanie. I yeah, Melanie was the performance in that show I enjoyed the most. The two performances I enjoyed the most were Melanie and the actor who played Francois Frankie. I thought that they were the best at having one foot in cheek. And one foot in earnest, uh, earnestness, mm-hmm. and is, wait, is Frankie Paulo Jot's son? Yes. Okay. The one who falls yes. for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The virgin, and Paulo was fine. I, I listen. I love me, Daddy Paulo, and I would say my third favorite performance after Melanie and Frankie was Stark Sands, who again, very rare when you're going to hear me say Stark can do wrong, but I just don't think that that role is quite up for a nomination because he's sort of like the stand-in douche that we all are supposed to kind of roll our eyes at, and he does it very well, but whatever. I, okay. This is where we have to get objective here, Adam. I think Betsy will get nominated as Anne Hathaway. I think Betsy Wolf will get nominated. It is not a performance that I would personally nominate. It is not a performance that engaged me. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say this as politely as possible. It is a performance that I found a little bit on the selfish side because as someone who has written and directed and acted in the past and granted I'm not doing all these things in this very moment I am doing one but not all three but I also you know having been in it having done other elements of it having you know seen as much as I have and conversing with actor director friends there is a certain kind of acting performance in a comedy where you watch somebody undermine the laughs someone else might get so you can get the laugh mm-hmm. and he ends up hurting the scene and it's something that i watched betsy do quite a few times in and juliet with her sort of dry sarcastic you know uh what's the word for vocal fry tone mm-hmm. me it's me i'm the best friend she's talking about like that kind of stuff and anne hathaway has enough one-liners she doesn't need more but there were times in that show i would watch Betsy react to somebody. Somebody would come at Betsy and be like, like, can you believe the craziness that's happening in Paris? And she's like, oh my God, yeah, I can't believe it. And it's, the joke is not supposed to be her joke, but she would kind of go for it. And then the next line, which is supposed to be a joke for somebody else, wouldn't get the laugh. And it made me a little angry because I didn't mm-hmm. find it a very giving moment as a scene partner. That is me being honest and I'm trying to say it politely. Was I polite? Yes. Okay, great. 
I thought that was very diplomatic of you. Thank you. Because also, like, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that Betsy's extremely talented and very gifted at comedy. I, we, I saw her in the last five years where she found laughs that no one else found before. Yeah. But it's the Laura Benanti syndrome for me of, like, you are so good at finding laughs. You sometimes have to give a few up for the sake of the scene. Right. Not not everything needs to have a laugh. You don't have to be the, the one getting the laugh. Yeah, every time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there are there are 10 other people on stage, including someone who is the title role. Maybe, right. maybe let them have a turn. Yeah, yeah. But because of this, she will get nominated because it is the kind of performance that a lot of people gravitate towards. And she does sing a very lovely That's the Way It Is. Yeah, it's nice. Hot Sweet. take. Leslie Wolf, good at singing. She's got an okay voice. Um, <laughs> maybe it'll work out for her. I don't know. Um, no. So wait, so we're saying, so we're saying Bonnie and Allie. Probably Betsy. Probably and Betsy. Hopefully Nursey. Hopefully Nursey. And then the, the true coin toss is what happens with Alex? Where does Alex go? Right. And if Alex decides to be eligible. Have we heard anything about Emily Skinner's performance? I hear that she doesn't really have enough for a nomination. That's too bad. Oh, Natasha Williams, Natasha Yvette Williams, though, could also be. Absolutely. I think, I think if I'm being super hardcore realistic, we are looking at Bonnie, Ali, Betsy, Natasha, and, um, Ah, fuck. Who was I going to say? Alex. Alex Newell. Mm. But again, up in the air, figuring out if Alex decides to be eligible and where Alex decides to go. But if Alex decides featured actress, I think those are our five. With the possible exception of Allie or Natasha getting swapped out for Melanie, Nursey, and and Juliet. Sure, sure. Because, yeah, I think I... Because... before and that last week I had Ruthie in there because I had heard so much about Ruthie and having now seen it I she could anything's possible I just did not find I thought I I thought she was good but I wouldn't necessarily nominate it no it it, doesn't it doesn't feel like enough stage time and that's the thing is like I have seen beggar women who have really made the most of it it's what and this is the thing Ruthie and Gaten really too in his final scene, it doesn't seem like they're going for a bold interpretation with their parts. They're trying to be respectful of mental illness, which I understand and I'm not against, but it's it makes the Becker woman less of a memorable figure. Yeah. Well, I think I, I think the thing that we maybe we can both agree on, but that I would say with talking about Sweeney again, is that a lot of the melodrama is gone. Yeah. Which it's is so somber. Yeah. Like the, the heightened level of everything, it just isn't. Sorry, not somber. Time. Lived in. It's very it all feels very lived in. The only two people for me who were really kind of playing the maximum impact of the material were the Beatle and mm-hmm. then uh Nick Christopher. Yeah. He was great. He was great. I mean, if I had one note for him, and it was also my note for Jordan Fisher, is there's a bit of a modern sensibility of how they sing the material. I didn't find it with Nick because A, Nick sounded so good and the performance itself was so... Hilarious? Yeah, it's hilarious and complete, yeah. But I mean, again, like, people I know, I know people who fucking were nitpicking 
the last Fiddler revival because they found that we're talking like opera queens who were like nitpicking the three daughters because oh they their vowel their vowel placements were off. But then go see Sweeney and called it perfect. And I'm like, I'm sorry, it obje- musically objectively is not perfect because there's an inconsistency in the style of singing with a lot of the actors. And then the night I saw it, Jordan Fisher had like three major bum notes in Joanna. I'm just I'm just saying we're talking about sort of the post-pandemic pandemic of everyone kind of getting swept up and stuff. And I'm talking about older gents of the bachelor persuasion who tried to convince me in years gone by that certain performances weren't good because, oh, the vowels and the phrasing and the stuff, such and such, and then come in and are, you know, going off on this Sweeney as perfection. And I'm like, no, there there are audible issues here. And I wouldn't care about them so much if I found the whole package super thrilling, but because yeah. I don't find the whole package super thrilling, I'm going to start complaining about the details. Nitpicking. To yeah. quote the man who's dead, God is in the details. Correct. Yeah. R.I.P. Fe- featured actor. In a musicale? In a musicale. Justin Cooley. Done. Here Justin Cooley. I would potentially say Sne- Stephen Boyer also. I think Stephen's great. I would absolutely nominate him. I'm a little nervous that nominators might feel a little too... Kimberly happy and we'll look sure. for places to cut corners and he's the first um to okay but mm-hmm. I, I would oh not. Kevin day uh, Kevin Delaguea for um something like it hot something like it hot maybe maybe Kevin Cahoon for shucked you think maybe I you know what because I originally had Gaten down as a deaf and now I'm a little more on the fence about Gaten with Sweeney. I would put Kevin in there as a very likely contender. He definitely has the most one-liners in the show. He's the most one-liners and he feels the most um, authentic. Yeah. It's also like Kevin's been around for a while. Yeah. I've seen him in so many things. He was the very first Hedwig I ever saw. I'm sure he was amazing. Incredible. Yeah, And like, has been around for a while, has always done great work, and it's just sort of, you know, he's got a good part in a yeah. musical that people are seeing. Yeah. It and, and like he's doing good work. Yeah. You know, they do that weird thing where he starts getting very homoerotic with John Bellman, which, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, who who could resist? Well, no, it's it's not weird because of the homoeroticism for John. Believe me. Anytime I go see John in anything, I'm like, yeah, no, we're, we come to this place to thirst. And, but it's more that it just sort of comes so late in the show and never gets addressed again. And I'm like, I would have loved a moment. Well, he does have that crystal ball joke. But that's not gay. The joke is if I had a crystal ball, I'd walk funny. But I'm sh- I think it was if I had a crystal ball, I might be walked, I might walk different today. No, I think if if I had a crystal ball, I'd be walking funny, something like that. There's the actor who plays Jim Conley in Parade, which I know he's getting a lot of buzz for a possible nomination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I wasn't totally sold on nominating him in Act One. I who's the actor who played Conley originally in Parade? Oh, I wish I could remember his name. I can hear his his voice is crystal clear in my head, but I I don't remember his name. Hold on, where, what? Who is it? It is. Alex Joseph Grayson. Sorry, no, that's who's playing comedy. That's current. current. God, motherfucker, I'm a disaster. <laughs> um, the the original Jim Conley, uh, Rufus Bonds Jr. Oh right, yeah. His performance on the cast recording is it's so, so good because, and I I could very much be reading into it, but I felt like 
the way he does certain line readings, and that's what he said, you got the sense that, you know, this Conley had the potential to be violent and scary and also was sort of channeling a lot of his inner rage of the world he's in in his testimony because it's always on things like these stupid rednecks never gonna know and like yeah. just throw her on the ground and the conley here grayson he, he was a little more calm in his testimony it was a little more like i've been coached so mm. he's like a motherfucker but the performance itself wasn't quite as alive as i wanted to be until act two during the chain gang number where i was like oh now we came to play and so I was, I, with that, I was like, yeah, he could absolutely get nominated. He's tearing the floors up with this song. All right. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. And if I had my druthers, Paul Alexander Nolan would get in there too, but we've yet to nominate him for a Tony for literally anything. Which is crazy. It is crazy. He is the most healthily sung Jesus in Jesus Christ Superstar of all time. <laughs> he built, what is it? It's like an, I think it's a B flat in Everything's All Right, the... Uh, sorry oh, no, when no. i'm gone yep, yeah and his face is just so relaxed well let's not forget gethsemane when he's screaming his face off yeah and looking so relaxed just so calm well yeah. okay but that was oh well i guess we're we're still technically in in either side of this this category because yeah. alex could be nominated for best supporting actor also sure sure best best featured actor excuse me but that is a voice I think one of the things that's so impressive about that voice to me is how relaxed and effortless it looks. Absolutely. Where you're like, oh, that sound is just flowing out of you and you're not like gripping to the floor where, you know what I mean? We're not like Jennifer Holiday, like straddling that track in the floor moment. It's just like, here, let me just toss these notes out. Oh, it's nothing. Oh, here, here's this one too. It's, it's, that to me is one of the things that's so impressive about that song is and and her delivery of that song their delivery of that song yeah. is just the, the 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 finesse and ease with which those notes come out of her body they're on i believe the top top line of the opening song in yeah. track yes and, and i remember hearing their voice on it just going oh my god are they going to have it in them for their big number as Popped it out. They had a a note near the top of act two in a group number where they had one line and like picked some high note to riff off of. And I was like, what was that? You didn't even have to do that. And it was, and it was just like, oh yeah. And here's this too. It it was massively impressive. And I think that, and here, but the reason why it was so impressive is because it never feels forced. It just yeah. feels like breath. Yeah, no, it's it's impressive without seeming like a struggle. Like uh-huh. seeming like an effort. And yeah. what I will also say is because it's impressive due to the ease, it doesn't feel like necessarily a trick. It feels so organic. Right. right. It's something that I have a lot of issues with in singing on Broadway these days is, you know, the, the again, the, is it higher? Are they singing higher? Is it a good song? And I think there's sort of a little bit of that in Alex's song and Chucked, but I don't think that Alex himself is, you know, popping off a party trick. It's just very organically from them, which is why I don't get right get angry watching it. I've gotten because, angry watching other people do that. Because well, because you're not watching the effort. Yes. And again, Alex is giving a good performance the rest of the time as well. You know, Correct. delivers a lot of their one-liners great, has this really wonderful, like sort of babyish smile. So anytime mm-hmm. they do sort of like an anti-stinker moment. 
Yeah. Which, they, they flash them pearly whites. And but we, also yeah. delivers some really nice tender moments. Like, it does a really nice job. Yeah. And also, on top of all of this, I mean, it, granted, it happens offstage during the epilogue, but we assume rides John Bellman so hard that they make a baby, you know? They they have chemistry. They do. It's good. I have to say. It's, it's good chemistry. It's, yeah. First, I can't, how can you not have chemistry with John? That is a tall drink of fuck me. Am I right? Yeah. yeah I think it would be pretty difficult to... I, I can't talk about this anymore. This is no. this is this is going to go down a path no, no, real we quick. Not, we did not do this episode to thirst, but <laughs> John is another person where I'm like, we need to get you into a proper role for a Tony nomination. Should have been nominated for Tootsie, if we're being honest. But Should have been. I I actually remembered during his first song in Tampa, um, how funny he was in that number in Tootsie. Yeah, I was like, I wish this was as funny as that number was in Tootsie, yeah. because that number was like out of control. People shit on the Tootsie score a lot, and I have to say, I understand that like the music was not Yazbek's best, but those were some funny lyrics. Those lyrics yeah. were great. Yeah, there, there, there's some. That whole show was so funny, and it was. It I was. didn't care about it at all, but it was hilarious. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would, but we digress. Yeah. Um, moving on. Moving on. Let's let's get featured in, in plays. Leading actress in the play. It's Chastain. It's Linny. It's McDonald. It's Comer. Done. Here we are. Leading actor that's in the it. Play, yeah, leading actor in the play is going to be interesting because we have Stephen McKinley Henderson for uh, Between Riverside and Crazy, Jefferson Mays for Christmas Carol, Sean gonna... Hayes for Goodnight Oscar. Uh, oh, right. I think it's, his name is Marcel Speaks for Fat Ham. Uh, we have um, Corey Hawkins and his co-star for Top Dog Underdog. Oh, we, right. Yeah, yeah. Mateen, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Marcel, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Mar- Marcel Spears for, for Fat Ham. Yeah, I, I, could see, I could see both of the Top Dog actors making their way up. Yep. And then also Nathan Lane and Danny Burstein, depending on who's eligible for Pictures from Home. And then, I mean, I wonder if he's going to be eligible for fucking Peter Pan Goes Wrong, Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. That's 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 some fresh news, folks. I Just know. announced today. Just announced today. Ma- Funny magic man, Neil Patrick Harris, is going to be playing a part in Peter Pan Goes Wrong for three and a half weeks. And it just so happens to be uh, one of the performances is opening night. Good for her. Good for her. She can be eligible again. but But she closes her run right before like right before the nominations come out so here we are we shall see we will um see. i can't wait to see how this turns out mm-hmm. i think we have oh and also wendell pierce for death of a salesman it's mm. it's a lot i think sean and marcel will be nominated they are the leads in shows that are currently running and fat ham is a strong contender for play and goodnight oscar by all accounts is coming in because of sean right the lead actor in Life of Pi could get nominated. He is quite good. I personally would not nominate him, but again, most likely in a play nominee, it's running. And if that's the case, then we have a minimum of two more. Could be Wendell Pierce for Death of a Salesman. Could be Stephen McKinley Henderson. Could be Jefferson Mays or one of the top dog underdog guys. I personally, if you had to like put a gun to my head, like, Matt, you can only do two more. Who's it going to be? I would say Corey Hawkins for Top Dog Under Duke. And I would say 
Jefferson Mays for Christmas Carol. That would be that would be my five. And I ain't mad at her. So don't ask. I'm taking your word because you saw all of those things and I didn't. So yeah. Uh, okay. Lead actress of a musical. I feel like this is gonna be pretty easy. I mean, I think it's kind of set up for itself. Vicky. Yes. Surefire nominee and probable winner. Yes. We don't like to say for sure because it's still so early, but like, I said probable, not, yeah. not for I'm, sure. I'm, saying, I'm sitting here feeling com- comfy comfy and cozy, but I don't we can't say All it right. too loudly because then we'll, we'll jinx the bitch. Fine. Okay, so Vicky. Yes. Annalie will get a nomination. Um Michaela. Michaela. Um maybe the lead in New York, New York. Anna, yeah. So that's the one who's probably the biggest question mark because I've heard very strong things. Yeah. I've actually heard strong things about both of them. But she apparently has like four really big numbers. And yeah. that could do it. Uh, and if that's the case, I think she would be kicking out Sarah in Into the Woods. Mm. Because, oh, sure. Because the one thing I hear about Camelot is that the three f- leads all absolutely fuck. That is the one thing. I mean, even I people it. on the fence about the show are like, oh no, the three leads kill. Oh, Jordan Donica in fucking Camelot. We haven't even thought of him for featured. Oh, right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Put him in there too. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, last week I think I had Sarah in there over Anna, but I think I'm going to say Anna now. Uh, Lorna, Courtney, and, and Juliet is around. I just don't see it. But you know, stranger things have happened. I think that yeah, I think that that show is more about that show than than her in that role. I don't see Lenady in Bad Cinderella getting in there. I don't see Adriana in Sound Like It Hot getting in there. No. Yeah, and then Caroline. Um, you know, I think Caroline would have a shot if nominators just really, really, really loved Shucked. But I don't think that she's the number one option they have to nominate a performer i think alex is number one kevin is number two and caroline is number three yeah i would agree yeah okay moving on actor in a musical uh miss platt miss platt miss platt miss groban mr borrell you think i think okay well then that changes things because i would say Last week, I believe what I had was <clears throat> Borel, Jay Harrison, Platt, Robin, and Burnham. But I know there there are a lot of people who are intrigued at the idea of Brian in Into the Woods. I don't see it happening, but again, who knows? The kicker is <clears throat> people are talking about Colton Ryan in New York, New York, as much oh, yeah. as talking about Anna. Yeah, that's and, true. And see, now, if NPH had transferred with Into the Woods, I could see him having gotten a nomination for that performance. Speaking of NPH. Yes. Well, I thought he was quite good in Woods. In fact, I thought he was better than Brian. And I don't like NPH all that much. I like Brian more on principle. Pretty he much. was one of the cast members that I missed most in the transfer. I thought that he... I think Sarah was great on her own. I think that he, his presence led to a, a comfortability on her part that was so lovely. Mm-hmm. And the two of them worked together so well in that Encores version. Yeah. That, I, I mean, both productions I thought was missing a lot of 
uh, hyper energy, you know, not, not both Brian and Neil, as well as Sarah and honestly, Heather, Bettina seemed to be the only one of that group that understood there are three midnights, three midnights. Mm. Time was of the essence. Everyone else was like, yeah, so let's go get brunch. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, we got another item. Oh, cool. Want to, like, sit and smoke this joint for a second? Great. I got it from a man in the tower. Woo! Um, cool. That actually made me laugh, but still. You know, <laughs> it never felt like the stakes were high for any of them. But, yeah, Cole and I hear really great things about In New York, New York, and a lot of people who have seen him have said, don't count him out. So, that's what we're going to do. We're going to not count him out. And I think if you're honestly bump out anybody, it would probably be christian for me i sure I unless, unless nominators are just so over lincoln center and their big musical revivals i'm like fuck andrew burnap and i'm like oh just tell me where right <laughs> is there a list <laughs> i'm sorry will you pay for the room or the bush <laughs> so um. Okay, your your final five. Give me, give me, give me all of them. Of what? Of actor? Actor, maybe. I think I'm with you. I th- well, let's see. I think so much of this is going to hinge on me seeing New York, New York. Um, yeah. because I I haven't seen Parade yet, but I've listened to the recording, um, and I am seeing it at the end of this month. Um, and I, I, and I feel like Ben is a, is a shoe in, um, Oh, he's absolutely a shoe in for a nomination. At the yeah, yeah, yeah. Moment, yeah. At the moment of who I've seen, he's probably who I would vote for. Front runner. Yeah. And that I was, and I liked Jay a lot in Some Like It Hot. I just did not love Some Like It Hot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I would say, I would say Ben, Jay, um, Groban, you said Borel. Oh, Borel and and Burnip. Yeah. yeah, I I I think I I think you're right. I th- I think that the Borel spot might vacillate depending on how well New York New York goes over. Yeah, and it could, I mean, again, based on how critics have been going these days, it could go over quite nicely. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. All right. Does that bring us to best musical musical and play? Uh, play, I actually think is a little more interesting than musical, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. like musical, I think I can knock this out. Kimberly, Some Like It Hot, Shucked, and Juliet, New York, New York, there, done, here we are. Oh, and Revival. Yeah. But Revival's, it's, you know, Into the Woods, Parade, Sweeney, and, um, Camelot. That's yeah. easy peasy. Revival, mm-hmm. Play, Death of a Salesman, Top Dog, Underdog, and then... Piano Lesson? I guess, or there's Piano Lesson, Ohio State Murders, and I feel like there's another one that we're missing. Am I making this up? No. Mm. Maybe I'm making this up. What was... Hold, please. Oh, and while I do that, let's take one last break. Whee! And we're back. Okay. So it's Piano Lesson, Death of a Salesman, Top Dog Underdog, Ohio State Murders. Shit, no, I don't want you. I want the 2022 to 2023 season. Sorry. I'm on, I am on IBDB, everybody. 
because I do the work for us all. Oh, Doll's House. Oh, right, of course. Yeah, but of course. So I think we're looking at Doll's House, Top Dog, Underdog, and Death of a Salesman, if I'm being honest. Uh, yeah, I would not be surprised. Unless they do, they can't do four, unless it's, you know, super close in the in the voting. Right. So, okay, so wait for, so best play. You said this was the interesting category for you. Let's hear it. So we have, I think, two locks, which are Leopoldstadt and Fatham. Mm. Leopoldstadt was the front runner for most of the season because it's so far been one of the few plays to actually do well at the box office. It's starting to teeter out now, but for like the majority of October, November, December was grossing like a million dollars a week pretty regularly. Yeah. Um, got good reviews. It is Tom Stoppard. It's probably the last time we're ever going to be able to nominate Stoppard or vote for him. So, you know, get it while it's hot or get it while it's lukewarm, I guess. But then Fatham, again, Pulitzer winner, transferring from off-Broadway last year, coming in at the end of the season. And I can't stress this enough. It is really good and, like, not a chore to sit through. It is Mm -hmm. quite fun. And I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah. I think Life of Pi will probably get in there just because of the epicness of it all. Even though, again, I don't think it's a good play or even that good of a production. Um. Do you think, I mean, I guess it wasn't so much more about the the adaptation itself, but more about the production. Do you think Christmas Carol would get a nomination? I thought about that. So I don't think so. Okay. Because when it comes to play, it usually goes very prestige mm. They don't usually go with like what's fun. And I think if Life of Pi was not an, a West End transfer based off of a book, it would not be quite as high in everyone's nominating list they'd be like oh you, you know this puppet nope. no kite runner girl 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 the kite runner the absolute- you just said west end transfer based on a book that was the only reason i brought it up i know i know but the absolute bottom of the barrel of the season for me was the kite runner my god that show but we also have I mean, we have- well according to that one publication it was homophobic trash remember that Yep, I do remember that. It's not homophobic trash. It's just stupid. But uh, Cost of Living is a Pulitzer winner. Mm-hmm. The Keep Riverside and Crazy is a Pulitzer winner. Thanksgiving Play, I know, is very well regarded and considered very topical. So, I mean, those could all get in. Peter Pan Goes Wrong is a lot of fun. It's not going to get a play nomination, but I actually enjoyed it a bit more than Play That Goes Wrong. Maybe because I knew what to expect and also because it's Peter Pan. We knew the plot. So when things went wrong, we were like, oh, I know how this is supposed to go. It's fun. Right. This is when this isn't the crocodile supposed to be coming on. Exactly. There's a no mo, which I feel like could surprisingly get in there. It's just that it was such a blip in a lot of ways. It was so fast. It was so fast. It made it made noise while it was here, which I give them a lot of credit for. Yeah. But I do wonder how that noise will transfer. Will that give it a play nomination? Will Jordan then also get a featured actor nomination while Crystal Lucas Perry gets a featured actress nomination? I feel like her field's a little more open so she can get in there. Uh, I don't know. So yeah, so I, we have Leopoldstadt, we have Fatham, we have Life of Pi. Um, probably between Riverside and Crazy. And then it's like among Anomo, Cost of Living, uh, Christmas Carol, I guess. And oh, and then there's also Prima Facci, which just oh, right. Olivier for best play. And actress. 
And actress William. Well, she is, from what I understand, she is so incredible. She is winning. And also there's Goodnight Oscar, which I know a lot of people like, but again, it's supposedly more about Sean Hayes than anything else. It's, yeah. a, it's a really stacked season. Yeah, and very much so for original plays and no one's talking about it. Which is, yeah, it's surprising. Yeah. It's, oh God, it's so fun. I might I might write a little slide about this on my Insta about like pay attention to the plays this season because that's where they're going to be interesting at the Tonys. I I mean it's definitely going to make the the race for certain things a little bit tighter than they have been in the last few years. Oh yeah, actor, director, play, and I would say like featured actor in a play are they are just so so many options, so many options. I look forward to seeing how it all shakes out. Um, well, we'll have the, we'll have them in a month. Yeah. Well, so, okay. I know you haven't seen that many, but if you had to make a, a top five play category, what would we do? Uh, oh, well, I don't know. I haven't seen enough of the plays. Why are you so uncultured, you fuck? I, I don't, because I, because I go to things that people give me tickets for and people aren't giving me enough tickets to plays. We got to change that for you. I know. I also need to just like buy tickets to plays, but yeah, yeah I'm trying to win them ten them ten dollar tickets to Prima. I wanna I wanna see her. Oh, I didn't know that was a thing. Um, no, I just there there's I will say like oh the remaining plays that are still running this season. I I'm interested in seeing. I think all of them. I mean, which is rare to say. What if summer 1976 is actually incredible? What if that happens? I mean, that'd be great. Listen, stranger things have happened, okay? Manhattan Theater Club, every time we count them out, they come back guns blazing. Or they give us that, what was that play that Blythe Danner was in, The Country House? Oh, yeah. Wasn't that with Sarah Jessica Parker? No. No, that was something else. They did something else together. Right. Yeah, no. The Country House was horrible. Yes, no. No, Manhattan Theater Club definitely has a spotty track record. I can't speak too ill of them because... They may or may not be reading my play soon. Well, yes. <clears throat> but, well, but last year they also had How I Learned to Drive. So, you know. My absolute favorite thing last season. All right. So, Adam. Yeah. Hi. Any Anything we didn't cover that you wanted to cover for the Tonys this year? Oh, my gosh. I feel like I've been so unhelpful in this podcast. I haven't had my usual amount of contribution to offer. Um, things. I will say that... Um, no, I don't think we missed anything. I think it's been kind of in, like, just to speculate over the season itself, it's been kind of crazy how many new things have opened this season. It really is. And a lot of good stuff, some stuff I didn't love, but also a lot of variety, which I really want to... Really v- v- varietal season. Yeah. And um, and I really felt, I don't know, I... I my for all my complaining about audiences and i do mean every single word if you're listening to this podcast and you have been a pain in the ass audience member or you've been performative when you're seeing something you can like something and not scream and laugh harder than everyone else just to prove that you got a joke or prove that you liked a song or a performance don't embarrass yourself or to prove that you know somebody in the show. That, that was the case oh that a few things as well. I'm like, oh, we, Ugh. okay, we get it. You have a friend in this. The, the the performative audience stuff is driving me crazy. Right. Um, but even, but that is, even with that aside, 
it's been thrilling to go back and see so many shows in audiences that are full and, you know, and, and to see theater sort of back up and running and kind of thriving in a way. Um, it's, 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 it's been nice. Um, I, I, I hope that the, that as fertile as this season has been, that it continues on in the next few years, just, it'd be nice to continue to see more new stuff. Well, I mean, Jesus Christ, we've got once upon a one more time starting us off real hot this year. So and then back to the future. But then we get Here Lies okay. Love. We get Here Lies Finally. Love. Finally. Yeah. Finally. And we have Lori in her thriller. And we have some other fun things on the on the veranda. That's true. So, That's true. It's in, uh, signed in Sydney Brewstein's window, supposedly transferring sometime next season. Possibly in the Jones, but who knows. And yeah, we'll see. It'll be very exciting. Uh, Adam, where can the listeners find you if you want them to find you? Um, you know, just the IG, the little Instagram, just uh, Adam Ells, A-D-A-M-E-L-S. Okay. If you want to follow me, I'm on Instagram at Matt Koplick, usual spelling. If you like the podcast, give us a nice five-star rating, please, or, or a little review. There was a brief period where I got like two one-star ratings in a row, and I was very nervous that my overall rating was going to go down. But then oh I got two five-star reviews, and all is right in the world. But still, guys... Uh, let's not let the one stars get the best of us, shall we? So, uh, let me read both of these reviews back to back. Q, the light in the piazza, overture. The most fun Broadway mind out there, five stars. There's something weirdly comforting about this show and Matt's way to be informative, funny, inclusive to all theater minds, and go off on tangents that don't seem relevant, but paradoxically fit into the strange dance he does on each show. No matter the guest, conversation glides effortlessly like a glee club singer at Skater Planet. It's a Broadway geek's dream show. That one got Adam good. That's a good one. That was a great one. Thank you, Peter. Um, Next one is five stars. So much fun and smart takes. Matt brings so much life, comedy, and smarts to the theater world. Love listening to his podcast for the laughs and the thoughtful knowledge about happenings on Broadway. Thank you, MSW. Yeah, that uh, has been a wonderful way to end this episode. Uh, Adam, who do we close this out with today? Who's a Tony bitch? Oh, well, I mean, we've got... I, mm, I, I feel I feel like we don't want to do you don't want to do repeats right of of are we trying to do a fresh yeah. I try a fresh not, voice yeah I try not to do repeats I wondered if today might be the first time we've closed out with a man oh because usually we do divas but I feel like in honor of the fact that he's not going to get a nomination despite how much I want him to if we close out with Mr. Nolan sure or i was gonna say because they they have straddled both categories you could give us a little alex newell mama will provide have i done alex i on maybe you did already maybe i missed it because i don't know because i have honestly i stopped cataloging the divas a while back which is bad on my part i should still be doing it but it just got so long and i got too tired and depressed and i stopped but uh, yeah, actually, you know what? Let's do that. Let's close out with Newell. Let's close out with LX doing some Mama Will Provide or that like 20 seconds of Shucked that they released on YouTube today. Oh, yeah. That was, or, yeah, or or that. Either, either or. Just popping those notes. Yeah, like it's a queef.
What? Just pop it out easy, like it, like it's air. Pop in it like a queef. All right. Pop. I think that should that should be the new term when we were talking about effortlessly hitting a high note. Pop in it like it's queefs. She queefed it. <laughs> she just I queefed want, it out. I, I wanted a nice queef double. <laughs> Before we recorded, Adam and I were quoting Donna Murphy in center stage. I want a clean double. I want a queef double. All right, so we'll close up with Alex. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Uh, we're probably going to take a week off and then come back uh, in two weeks after I've seen Doll's House and Thanksgiving play so we can discuss a bit further. And yeah, check us out later. Have a great rest of your next two weeks, you guys. Bye! Bye! Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.